welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates DC Movies because holy fuck, I can't even hide like the non-excitement that I have to talk about this. So let me just right now introduce returning again. It is Nick. Nick, man, how are you doing right this moment? <laughs> oh man uh just I, I i can't even describe it man i'm gonna have to see a second therapist just for what this film did to me <laughs> like there's there's gonna be i feel like there's gonna be like some backhand deal where like people who love the comics just are let down and in return dc is just getting money funneled to them from like some kind of psychiatric hospital it's I, like there's kind of some kind of like cycle going on I really, really do want to understand what goes on behind the scenes. Like, I, I, I really don't get it. And look, we're going to be kind of serious now. I mean, I hope that we are able to put some humor into this because that movie certainly didn't have any. But for us to talk about it, I would love to know the behind the scenes of how much money they have to make in order to at least break even or continue to make these because somehow they continue to make these and i don't i don't know how i don't know who likes them nick who likes these garbage movies honestly i was going to say they're made for kids but then honestly if i was 8 years old like you get me for like 30 minutes with a fight scene or two yeah. but i would have been asleep by the first hour dude i want wanted... hour 1 of four we we wanted so just to let everyone know the the behind the scenes of this podcast is we were actually going to do something that we had never done on ian hates movies before we were actually going to do a four hour plus commentary track where you would have been able to watch the movie while listening to us with our very first so we didn't by the way, Nick and I did not watch this multiple times or anything. We watched this today. So we were going to watch it live for the very first time and then do that commentary track. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't get one of the audio components to work correctly. But holy shit, man, I actually really wish we had been able to do that because it would have kept me awake through the actual movie. I would have felt some kind of discipline, some type of like, I don't know, not wanting to leave you out to dry. You see what I mean? Yeah, like there, there's an obligation to your friend. Like, yes. I, I can't fall asleep now. There's somebody else on the line. Yeah. What was that? And then that would have been that would have been the only laughs we would have had for that entire four hours. Oh, for sure. Like, just think about the very beginning of the movie where there was just all that terrible music intro and then the trudging through, I guess, the Arctic or I, I don't know where they were, Iceland or something. All of that time. We could have been making fun of it because what else are you going to do? Yeah, and I couldn't imagine. Honestly, it's perfect that this came out not in theaters. Yes. Because if I wasn't curled up on my couch, yeah, I, I might have left the theater. Like yeah. they don't sell enough booze at your modern AMC <laughs> to have satiated my urges. I saw a report the other day and obviously I didn't read it because why would I read about DC anything? But they had said that they might actually put this out for a theatrical release as well. So seeing how it does on HBO Max and then putting it out, how is that even possible? Who in their right mind 
would go to see this garbage out in a theater. Well, yeah, as a as a scientist myself, honestly, it's just an, uh, it's an intriguing topic for me. Like, I want to see who shows up, you know, like eight hours early to the midnight premiere. They've got, you know, their costume on. This guy's ripe, roaring, ready to go. <laughs> that, it just fascinates me that somebody could really like ride or die for this. Well, I looked on Twitter. And right there is the wrong thing to do. But I, I happened to go through some Twitter things to kind of see what people were saying after we just finished watching it. And there are people that I, I literally saw someone who's not being sarcastic saying, this is the best movie they've ever seen. What other movies has he seen? Well, that's what like, I mean. I mean, I, I would assume that it's not a child who would just like come out of his mother because I don't think he could use Twitter. Yeah, also because Dr. Phil would have been on the TV or something, or like it reruns of Airwolf. Like the kid would have had some kind of cultural background before this movie. I don't know. Imagine if nurseries all over the country are playing the Snyder Cut any time a child is born. <laughs> there, I don't know if that would like deafen the screams or just... <laughs> you just start young. Just get disappointed while you're young. The, the mother's just yelling, knock me out for the love of fuck. Just not give, yeah, give just me that screaming epidural. for mercy. <laughs> oh, Nick, I That's brutal. And you're kind of now the DC guy because the last episode of the show we did was Wonder Woman '84, and now we are doing this movie that I can't even believe exists. How did they make this twice? Right. They saw how badly the first one did, and they're like, you know what? I think we could remake some yards if we just added an hour. I but, think I think we can salvage this. But here's the question. Did it do bad? Like, I, I really don't want to look it up. I would assume that they made a shit ton of money, right? I, I think so. I think off of the uh, Mercedes in the uh, Sony product placements uh, alone, I think they made a killing. And that Under Armour. Don't forget Under Armour. Oh, yeah, the Under Armour <laughs> scene. Yeah, they probably made a killing off that, too. I swear, like, the, the next Shazam movie is going to just, like, be a bunch of GoPro commercials. It's going to be great. I would imagine so. I mean, I'm waiting for the Space Jam one myself. I'm sure that won't have any product placement whatsoever. <laughs> you know, honestly, if they can just, like, fold that into the DCU somehow, I think that's the only way you salvage this. Like, there's no coming back at this point. <laughs> I, I'm you had Green Lantern before this. I'm jumping way, way ahead. But you remember on, I think it was, what was it? The, the second or third Lord of the Rings ending in this movie where, uh, what was it, Besaid? Whatever the guy that, that fucking, I can't even remember what his dumb fucking name was. But the guy that was always, ah, uh, fuck, what was it? Um, Steppenwolf was always talking to in the astral projection bullshit of whatever yeah. they were doing. Didn't he look, when you saw him actually in real life in the movie, didn't he look like the bad guy from Ready Player One? Yeah, that's like a whole problem I'm sure we'll get into later because I have opinions on this. Ooh. But like, how do you tell the characters apart when every bad guy in your entire franchise is just, my voice is this deep, it has auto-tune, and I'm 12 feet tall. Bad guy says this, bad guy says this, bad things, bad things, bad things. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, it's so, I, I, I can't help, and, and look, maybe if you had the over-under, you're getting the under here on me, on me mentioning Marvel. It's just, 
how do you look at someone like Thanos and go, oh yeah, the Steppenwolf character is up to par? I, I just, all the people that Marvel makes for villains are so much better on every level than DC in the movies. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, the guy in, uh, oh God. Uh-oh. What's the the guy's name in uh, Civil War? Uh, Baron Zemon, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you know the comics kind of got him, but in the movies, it's just kind of like here is a generic Eastern European man that you have to hate. But he had a good story, though. Yeah, like he, he no, had oh, reasons. That's another behind, thing. <laughs> he had reasons exactly, he had a clear story. motivation. <laughs> he had a plan and a motivation, and you could hate him, but you could also be like, oh yeah, if somebody killed my entire family and I was good at killing, I'd probably try to kill somebody. Exactly, I get that. And look, I get. I get that Steppenwolf, I guess, was he had betrayed Darkseid at some point. So now this was his penance for doing that. And now here's a, here's a question, too, before we get all over the place. Did you watch the original Justice League? I'm going to be honest. I fell asleep. <laughs> it was on HBO Max, and uh, I sat there for the first 30 minutes. I was really trying to get through it, and I just... I couldn't. It's the poison of now that everything's on home release schedule. Yeah, no, no, I understand. Look, I have not even tried because I told myself a real long time ago I would never watch it. And then once they said the Snyder Cut was coming out, I was like, oh, well, how can I not watch this? It just makes sense to be able to talk about it. But I did hear that. And look, I know all the bad things that happened in the original Justice League movie, like the CGI, getting rid of the mustache on Superman. Like I, I know all about that. I even saw some pictures of it. It's hilarious for sure. But now I did hear that they gave Steppenwolf like more backstory. And then I'm not even sure, to be quite honest, and people out there can yell at me, whatever. I'm not even sure that Darkseid was in the initial cut of Justice League. Do you know anything about that? Not at all, man. I tried to avoid all press on this. It's just depressing. Very, very depressing. So yeah, man, this is, uh, it is four hours. I have it. I actually wrote it down. It was four hours, two minutes and 13 seconds. And obviously you can take out, you know, the end credit scene if you want. So that adds another like seven minutes onto that or whatever. But I, I don't, I was physically hurt while watching this movie and I never complain about that stuff normally like people say oh but this movie it's too long it's too long and you go but this is an epic this is something interesting their storyline I am completely fine give me a long movie any day of the week if it's well done but pacing together four hours of fucking garbage is very Uh, very difficult to get through yeah and like they tried to do the whole like fanciful the old like cinema scope trick where they're like oh our movie's four hours long we're gonna give you like epilogue part one part two like so at least like mentally the human brain could be like (laughs) oh i'm progressing through this story because otherwise like honestly i would i would have thought time was still like i was just stuck in purgatory watching some you know Zack snyder style it worked in 300 so now everything has to have like a fucking eight layers of sepia and film grain on it. my god And the slow motion, the speed up to the slow motion. It's like those are the simplest tricks you can possibly do. It's so ridiculously easy. The thing that I, and once again, see, I'll mention Marvel because this is what you have to compare to. But in Marvel, 
the fight scenes, when they keep the speed the same, when they make it seem real, even though it's a fantasy world, that is much more difficult to do. Slowing down and speeding things up is the lazy way out of things. Yeah, it's, man, to that point, this is something that just hit me. Honestly, both you and I, I would would safely say, if you put Infinity War and Endgame together, package them as one movie, yeah, I mean, what is that? That's five, five and a half hours? No, I think it, I think it ends up being seven. Oh, yeah, still do it. All yeah. day, every day. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a work day? Like, I get a lunch break in between? Fine. I get a smoke break every four hours? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. And the fun thing about, <laughs> the fun thing about Infinity War and Endgame is you're not learning brand new characters. I'm not saying brand new, brand new is in like, oh, I've never heard of this person before. But you're not, you're not learning about all these major characters' backstories in the movies because you have to separate it from the comic books and you have to separate it from the TV shows until until obviously now where you know a lot of the Marvel stuff is going to be working off of TV shows into the movies. But you don't do that in DC. It, it, it's not it's not that way. So when they introduce new people in Justice League. You're not technically supposed to know who they are. You only have any idea from them from the comic books and knowing that they're going to make this movie at some point. That's it. But how many new characters did we fucking meet in this fucking movie? (laughs) The entire Justice League. Literally everyone. It's insane. (laughs) I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Steppenwolf, was Darkseid, were any of these fucking people in any of the other DC movies? Did I miss something? I think, yeah, they're just making up for lost ground. They're like, uh, there's got to be a space boy whose whole mission is to destroy the universe. We got to get that in now. Yeah, and don't forget the fucking butterfly men from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. The, the monarchs. The par- yeah. yeah, the parademons. <laughs> is that what they fucking called them? <laughs> it's all a blur. Honestly, like, you could tell me that I accidentally took shrooms with my breakfast this morning. I'd be like... All right, so I did watch a Zack Snyder movie. That makes sense. I must have worn sunglasses indoors all day. That that makes total sense. And ba- based on the grayscale and the doling oh, down of colors, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is basically looking at a hellscape. I mean, yeah. it's nothing Which I fun. Thought, like, oh, I was so <laughs> upset because they teased it again. Like they had the, the hellscape part in the trailer and everything. I'm like, that's an interesting direction. If they have like, I thought they were setting it up with like Barry Allen's Flash. Like, oh, time distorts when I run fast. Right. I'm like, okay, alternate realities, splitting dimensions, something or other. Nope. But they didn't do anything fun with it. And I thought they were going to be like, oh, this is the apocalypse timeline. And then they could have fun with that. There's a joker in there because somebody needs to pay Jared Leto's heroin <laughs> bill. But like, it just, there wasn't anything useful or new. No, really. And it seemed like, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it, but it seemed like they were mostly in this cut justifying things that people had complained about in the past. So they took things that people uh, complained about in previous movies. So not just Justice League, but other movies. So let's go back to Man of Steel, right? We go back to that and people are like, why is Lois Lane in every fucking scene of this movie? All she is (laughs) is a reporter. Like, what is she? So it's like you have to do exposition that was her whole entire character was exposition. Like, why does she have yeah. to go here? Because movie says so. Why does she have to go there? Because the plot demands it. Like, that's that's what Lois's character was. But now, 
they're making that Lois is actually fucking the end-all, be-all of the fucking universe. Ugh. <sighs> I told you when we watched Wonder Woman, they, they pay their interns too much. They give them too much cocaine, and this is the kind of <laughs> shit that happens in the writer's room when you get a bunch of fucking 20-year-old film school grads just trying to hammer through an idea before the heart rate hits 200. <sighs> I guess so, man. It's fucking tough. And by the way, and I, I skipped over something you said. With the breaking the movie into parts, there were six parts with an epilogue, and each part had its own fucking name as well. It was so deuce chill. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the right word for it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like I was just cringing, laying on my couch, going, no, they really didn't just say that. That can't be it. That can't be it. Yeah, I, I was expecting, like, honestly, after the second one, like, the, the titles for the chapters are, like, out there, too. It's right. like, we're losing or something, you know, like, they're foreboding. So I, I was kind of expecting them to have, like, the classic, like, black, the white text on the black background in cursive, like a quote from Muhammad Ali or something yes. about this segment of the movie. Or some, like, Eisenhower quote. Like, it just, it would have fit the whole motif so well. And they just, they didn't jump on that grenade. You just made it better. Right there, Zack Snyder should send you money. Yeah, I'll write, I'll rewrite Immortals in like under a weekend. By the way, we should, like, there's got to be some way where we can get our time back from Zack Snyder. Like, he owes us this time. I, I can't, I honestly <laughs> can't believe we took our time out to do this. Yeah, like, I love the idea that, like, we're just out there and Zack Snyder's just mowing our lawns. Yeah, it's like, I'm, just, I'm catching up on my WandaVision and that guy's out there just fixing my sprinkler system or something. Yeah, yeah he owes he definitely owes us. And I, I am so over the Snyder thing so much. I can't stand. He has had two OK movies. That's it. He had Watchmen and he had the Dawn of the Dead remake. To me, that's period. And that's done. He has not made a good movie other than those two movies. You know, uh, yeah. As I think about it, I was like, oh, man, I love 300. But like, yeah, I loved 300 when I was like 13. Yes. I don't think and it like, holds up now. No, like I'll rewatch it. It's entertaining. But like, is it a good movie? Meh. Like, I, I wouldn't show it at cons. But like, <laughs> yeah, Watchmen, I love. Dawn of the Dead remake, I love. Right. But anything else? Movies I can rewatch. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I definitely rewatch Sucker Punch, though. It's it's the world building and the characters that get you coming back every time. Yeah, I mean, that was so, so well written. Oh, my God. I tried. I tried <laughs> with that movie. I wanted to like that movie. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> All right. So I don't want to spoil it because you haven't seen my apartment in a while. But yeah, I uh, went on eBay and I uh, bought a bunch of like the old character posters when they what? were trying to make a whole world out of that movie series. Oh, my God. Because it's literally the funniest thing. That's like hilarious. everybody's like haggling, trying to buy these signed posters. You get them for like two bucks. <laughs> and like for anybody who knows the joke, it's like better than any of the other fake posters I have lying around. It's so good. That That is pretty amazing. I give you credit for that. <laughs> it's that in the posters from Tracy Morgan's movies in 30 Rock. Like oh, that's, that's all I got in my theater room. <laughs> that's fucking great. That's, that's fucking great. I still remember the skit. With the uh, the werewolf musical, <laughs> werewolf bar mitzvah. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> what is it? Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's like, yeah, you could finish an entire half season of 30 Rock in the time it took us to finish this movie. What a fucking underrated show that was, by the way. I, I oh, just, awesome. I've been watching reruns because it's on Prime now. And oh, it's nice. just, there are parts of it that I just didn't remember. And I just was like, wow, this is one of those shows that you can just rewatch. And there are so many layers that you might have missed because you were laughing at something else. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they, they try to have like a similar moment in a lot of these movies where it's just like you have like the, the Aquaman pause after he punches somebody and say something Ugh. witty that they hope 12 year olds are going to say it right. at school all week. Who and you can, can just tell they're really going for it. It just it hurts deep like, in my soul. I, I, who can possibly like any of these characters? I, I, I get when people like a Captain America, they like a Tony Stark. Like when you go through those characters, you say, oh man, that's my favorite. When they're on screen, you know, there's some excitement, there's some energy or something. Who likes any of these fucking characters? Who was like, oh, wow, they did something impressive or oh, like the only person. And once again, I think they're just stroking the ego of, of that again. But Wonder Woman was probably yeah. the only person in this movie that really stood out. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, man, yeah. it, it boggles my mind that this was actually made. Yeah. And the funny part is, too, like you imagine with ticket sales and everything, like they still probably made their rent. Like, no amount of money I make in my entire life doing what I do will ever amount to the amount they made in fucking Mercedes advertisements in this movie. Like, there's there's nothing I can do in life. Just think of how much money HBO Max had to pay them for that. Like, I would imagine it was a shit ton of money. Yeah. And now I might have this wrong. I really didn't want to do a whole lot of research for this. But I'm assuming that most of this was done. Before Josh Whedon was called in to take over, like Warner Brothers did not, at least from what I read originally when this was supposed to originally come out, is that Warner Brothers was not happy with the cut at all. So then Whedon came in, did his thing, fucked things up even more, I guess. And then Zack Snyder had more scenes that he could put in and then made this I, I refuse to say epic because it's certainly not an epic. This <laughs> clusterfuck of a long ass whatever. So it just seems it's. I I just uh, dude. I'm still I'm I'm still shocked <laughs> that people like this movie. Now what I saw was a lot of mixed reviews. It was either this movie still sucks or this is the best superhero movie ever. And I will yeah. never understand how this could be considered the best superhuman or superhero movie ever. I can't, I, I don't know how it's possible. Because it's in four by three. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, they you got, got their it. one buzzword <laughs> yeah, in. All it. the film snobs can see it. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe that's something we talk about when we go through the movie. At some points, it was definitely noticeable and it helped. But for most of the movie, I'm like, all right, this is, this is weird. Why am I only using like a third of my screen? All right, yes. here we are. It, it just adds that extra black. You know, Zack Snyder just loves everything to be so dark. So it's like, well, what else can I do? How can I make this darker? Oh, yeah, I'll just add more black into the screen itself. Oh, that's ingenious. Yeah, because I'm sure on the cutting room floor, they're like, Zack, you got to put some color back in this movie. So I'm sure like in editing, they just like 
you know, gave it the old Best Buy TV effect and just bloomed everything up. And then he's like, well, I got to make the average screen brightness really low. <laughs> they just chopped off a third of the screen. Like, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised it's not like a video game when we started that movie where it was like, make sure to adjust your brightness so you cannot see anything. Like, that's the only, <laughs> yeah. that's the only way to get away with it. <laughs> Adjust your screen brightness till you can't see the plot hole on the left or the CGI oh on God. the right. So many plot holes. So many fucking plot. Dude, Zack Snyder wants his movie so dark, he changed Superman's outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> just swinging for the fences. He's just going for whatever he can get. Really? He honestly, <laughs> he honestly was. So I think, I think what's so sad, man. Is that so? Normally on this show, we basically go through the entire movie, right? We talk about basically almost every scene of a movie, and that's our thing. It's spoilers alert, you know, spoiler alerts, all that kind of shit. Everyone who listens to the show knows that that's kind of what we do. We explain the whole plot, we make our jokes, we say whatever. This was a four hour movie that we literally just watched. We finished it about two hours ago, and I cannot tell you how this movie started, I can only <laughs> tell you how this movie ended. I don't remember the parts of this movie. Well, I think the real way they kicked this off, you know, the, remember, the way I remember it starting is everybody sat about Superman for about 45 minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then there's like this transition to meeting Aquaman and Bruce is like buying out a village or something because money's a superpower. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. By the way, yeah, like just, it was... wait, 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 Nick, we just got to mention this. Yeah. Nobody liked Superman until he died. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. In all the movies that's where Superman, yeah, life. all the movies where Superman was in them, in this, in this DC multiverse, universe, whatever the fuck, no one liked Superman. Batman didn't even like Superman until that final battle, until he found out that both their mothers' <laughs> names were Martha. <laughs> He hated uh. Superman. And really, in that movie, Lex Luthor was and Batman were absolutely correct. Somehow you have to make sure that you can keep Superman in check if he decides to go dark Superman, which now, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But at what they're alluding to is going to happen and what kind of happened at one point in this movie. So you have this person that no one liked, that everyone complained about. He died. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, this world needs Superman. This world needs what? Since when yeah. does it need Superman? <laughs> you guys are all just trying to kill him last week. And now that he's dead, everybody's like, oh, I kind of like that guy. And it wasn't even an epic fight. It wasn't like the comic books. It wasn't Doomsday versus Superman the way the comic books were, where it was like an epic, epic battle. This was a battle where three superheroes could not put down doomsday and doomsday got super lucky with stabbing superman with the spear that's that's it so it shows that scene and then for some reason there are multiple superman death whales that go throughout the entire planet and i don't know why they didn't just nick tell me why didn't they just use one why was it a wave multiple waves there was like three waves of different whales I think, I mean, obviously, thematically, they're like, oh, we have to introduce the three boxes that are important. <laughs> but really, they just needed to remind you that Lois is still alive. 
I think that was the real oh, thing. They're like, I'm Lois so is still alive. Martha's still alive. Don't worry. Like, they're coming back. I'm so glad they're still alive. I'm so, I'm so, it made, it made tons of sense the way they edited this movie to show people at different random timelines and then always make sure to go back to Lois in a timeline that mattered not. <laughs> oh, it's just like, yeah, like right in those scenes, right after they're showing like, oh, there's a scream and the world's changed. It's just like they got like 10 minutes of like Lois going and getting coffee. <sighs> it's just like there's three solid minutes that she goes, puts her pants on, goes to the coffee shop, buys two coffees, and that's supposed to be the big emotional sting. Right. It's like, oh man, she she wasted three buck fifty. Fuck. So now tell me, tell me this as well. I don't remember. But in both Wonder Woman movies, did they ever talk about the mother boxes? I don't think so. I don't remember that at all. And I think Aquaman took place after Justice League, right? Yep. Okay. So then the only movies that would have mentioned the mother boxes would have been Wonder Woman because what I was confused about was when they showed a hundred plus Amazonians uh, just with their fucking arrows trained on this thing that we had never seen before. And that's their whole job, too. Yes, They're that just was protectors. Fire. They're just chilling out in a gymnasium. <laughs> All they do is they got 100 people who go have the Olympics every Saturday afternoon. And they got another 100 people just living in a fucking gymnasium underground. Right. Just pointing spears at a box. You're telling me at some point during those two Wonder Womans, uh, Wonder Womans, those two Wonder Woman movies that happened before Justice League that you couldn't have mentioned or just walked by that temple? And had, like, little fucking Diana look in and go, hey, mommy, what's that? And then it was like, that's the mother box. And that's, we've been guarding that for thousands of years. Like, you couldn't have done something? Yeah, and since they already had, like, 15 minutes in Wonder Woman 84 that we talked about, <laughs> uh, just, like, for the Olympics, where it's just, like, you can't win the wrong way. You, you know, cheating and lying is bad. Cheating is Like, you could have used three of those movies to, like, walk her by the fucking crypt and be like, Oh, yeah, by the way, bad shit is in there. Like, look out, foreshadowing. Yeah, hey, ah, foreshadow. Uh, Woo. Yeah, you could have borrowed one of the lowest getting coffee scenes. Like, there's your three <laughs> minutes. Just get it out of there. Yeah, that's how, that's how the fucking movie starts is part one. Don't count on it, Batman, which is a great fucking, oh, my God. So <laughs> they, have, they have the scene where Superman dies and his... Death Whale goes out to everybody. It goes past. They show where the mother boxes are. I forget if they show that it's just fucking in Cyborg's apartment. I forget if they show that first. But one of them's just in Cyborg's, like, shitty-ass apartment. The other one is in Atlantis. And they show the Mira chick or whatever. I I don't... I think that's what her name is. But I thought she was canceled. So it seemed pretty not smart to focus on her a lot, but they certainly did. And they sound like they're trying to put her in a sequel, too. So it's, you know, I guess beating up Jack Sparrow ain't shit. Yeah, I guess I guess not, especially because of the dream we'll talk about later on, too. So we'll have to we'll have to get to that at some point. So it travels. It shows that a mother box, by the way, one of the dumbest names for a MacGuffin. Let's just talk about that, too. But one of them's in Atlantis. And the other one is being guarded by, like I said, probably 100-plus Amazonians in a temple. And they've just got weapons trained on it 
the entire time. And that one breaks apart partially and then I guess unleashes a signal to Darkseid to tell Steppenwolf that they can come and get them. I guess. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I got nothing else, man. It's just, that's all they've got. All right. And then let me mention this as well. The music choices made me want to vomit. I thought they were going to start playing some James Blunt halfway through the movie. Like, it just got weird. Wait, wait, wait. Were those real songs? I thought they made those up. I I honestly hope they just, like, borrowed the Bandcamp login from, like, a producer's (laughs) daughter's band or something. I like to think they didn't pay the licensing fee for all that stuff. But, like, I mean, it didn't sound horribly produced. I mean, it was awful artistically and musically. But, like... It was it was produced well. Well, I can't imagine human beings listening to that garbage. It was really at <laughs> one point when you see Lois, you know, getting a sad coffee or whatever, when you meet her, I think one of the lyrics was, My darling companion is gone. Oh yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> who who says that in real life? Like, what is this? <laughs> We've strayed so far from God's light when your when your official soundtrack is that. Oh, Do you think kids are going down to Fry's Electronics and buying that up in bulk? That'd be nice. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> going to Tower Records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we're making references that no one is going to get, but that's that's fine. So after after that, we get our introduction to most people, right? So we get our introduction to Wonder Woman, which was god-awful. And for some reason, it's just like, let's show Wonder Woman once again doing things that she doesn't have to do. So there's just some terrorists in London that want to completely blow up. Like, they don't want to take hostage. They don't want to do anything. They want to blow shit up. She shows up, and instead of just taking out the bad guys, she has to do the, I'm going to block every bullet bullshit. Yeah. It's like, you could have just taken him out. You didn't have to do any of that. Why didn't you just... Use your fucking super speed. Because, look, everyone can say the Flash is fast. Yeah, he is. But so are every single one of them except for Batman. Yeah, and the funniest part, too, there is, like, trigonometrically, it doesn't make sense to dash across a line to block the bullets versus to just charge the guy and shallow the angle of, you know, where he can fire from. Right. Like, it just literally doesn't make any sense. She's just showing off at that point. And I still don't understand wonder woman's power set because it's always different no matter what medium you actually see it i'm pretty sure she is bulletproof i thought she was pretty bulletproof yeah if you can take a headbutt from superman i'm pretty sure nothing's getting through your skin yeah and i mean she does jump through like six solid stories of solid marble in that building (laughs) to throw the bomb out yes (laughs) that's one of those classics it's like Faster than a speeding bullet, you know, can jump over a 10-story building, also can jump through a 10-story building made of marble. Made of marble. (laughs) Plus, how was that blast? That building was so well built that how was that blast from that bomb going to take out four square blocks? Yeah, honestly, just open the windows. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) British people, they're not thinking. Really, that that was bad. And then... They had to do it because they always fucking do this. They had to have the woman's moment. They had to have the Uh. little girl 
the little girl there going, you know, she goes, Diana goes over to her like, what's wrong or whatever. And she goes, can I be like you? And her going, you can be whatever you want. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you're a god. She can't exactly. be like you. There is whoa, no whoa, whoa, way. Whoa. Wasn't that the entire point of Wonder Woman 84? Come on, Ian. Oh, you're right. Women are the best. <laughs> you, for, you forgot how far we've come. It's 2021, It's Ian. true. I should have known just because she's a woman, she's a goddess and better than everyone anyways. So, yeah, exactly. it was true. It was very true. Okay, all right, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, oh, nothing's impossible. There's something funny that I that I did forget to mention. When they were doing their little sad Superman bullshit where, you know, oh, he's dead. Do you remember in, I think it might have been in London, where the, or whatever English place they were because they don't have real cities, uh, that that bridge had the, the black flag on it? Oh, yeah. That was such bad CGI that when it panned across... You could see it fade translucent as you went by it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, I would never point this shit out in an indie movie or whatever, but this is a super huge budget CGI movie. And they never get their CGI right. I've said it a million times with every DC movie. They must only have children who are learning or interns who are learning to do CGI, do their CGI. Because if I worked there, I would be embarrassed of what they're able to accomplish. And when you think about it, like what percentage of this movie is practical effects? Like 1% and the rest is green screen? Like why did you even have actors show up? Just make it an animated movie. Yeah, all of your main (laughs) villains, all CGI. Yes. All of your heroes except for Batman and I'd imagine Diana is like, you know, actually just showing up in costume every day. Yeah. But was anything else real? (laughs) No. Like, even think about uh, one of the worst scenes. So when we get to the, you know, the Amazonians, when Steppenwolf goes and beats the ever-living shit out of all of them. Because, by the way, apparently Amazons never train because they're beaten by everybody. I mean, think about all the movies. They lost to regular Nazis with old-fashioned guns. Exactly. They lose all the time. But... All those scenes with horses were all CGI. You can easily tell that anytime, even the close-ups where you can see her, you couldn't pay someone to teach her how to jump onto a horse. Was that that difficult? (laughs) I think they only exist to get shot at and die so that like Diana has something to like power her through and make an angry face to camera about. Yeah. Well, by the way, is she never allowed to go back or something? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was wondering that too at the end of the movie yeah she's, like, she's all always like, looking around yeah and her mom's like come back to me it's like well why don't you like i i'm pretty sure you can just go hang out i mean take your laundry do it for free <laughs> exactly. i don't get, i don't get it <laughs> you crash on the couch <laughs> oh fuck man so yeah i all right wait, wait what are we missing so we got superman dead we got the Lois Lane bullshit. She visits Superman's stupid statue every day and gives coffee to the cop, which is, I mean, I, I don't get it. Maybe that was a Blue Lives Matter thing that DC is all about. I, I don't know. Um, I, think they got, I think they fit Cyborg in next, right? You well, got the notes. What are did we they looking do, at? Well, did they, do the, did they do the Amazonians first? 
I think so, yeah. Well, we know they did. Sorry, we, we skipped over it. But Ben Affleck, Batman, did go to, or Bruce Wayne, I guess, at that point, did go to the Iceland. And that was, holy shit, what a creepy, weird song to sing for, for Aquaman. Uh, I was hoping we would avoid that. But yeah, there's, I timed it. There's four minutes of a creepy song that some, like, Icelandic women are singing as Aquaman goes into the sea. That yep. is still happening while Lois is getting her coffee. Yes, and I, and I honestly, I had prayed you would forget. Ian, oh, I can't. I didn't want to. I didn't want that brought up. <laughs> that wound is still tender. And it's weird because there's nothing else going on in the movie. It's just these cable knit sweater, yeah. fucking you know, sitting by the sea, vague Icelandic peoples just like singing hymns out to the ocean. Yeah, two things. So I'm pretty sure Aquaman can talk to fish right so yeah did they just sacrifice because they mentioned that he brings this village fish every winter so (laughs) do the fish just like sacrifice they're like oh you're super cool aquaman like i'll sacrifice myself for you like i don't i don't i think he tricks him or something he seems like a dick he does seem like a dick they try to make him out like a alcoholic but they pull way way back where it just seems like he's a dude that wants to be left alone and enjoys having a drink every once in a while like it's not a problem yeah it's just he's there yeah they do that whole thing where it's like oh i'm gonna you know buy a whole bottle of bourbon off the barkeep and drink it while i go you know look into the distance at the ocean and disappear into the waves but like literally he buys like a fifth of a bottle and i'm like oh yeah like not even gonna get drunk off that if you're jason momoa's size yeah. like you might get a light buzz you probably can't drive for a couple minutes but like yeah a he's couple fine. minutes yeah but he's gonna swim he's gonna swim on that stomach <laughs> yeah. and that's not good yeah that's brutal <laughs> but by the he's way just leaving a trail of fish food all the way home don't forget he saved that dude and put the bourbon on the dude's tab while he was like passed out He's like, that guy's yeah, got thank it. God it was only a fifth of a bottle like that. I don't know how much Corona like exchange rate is nowadays, but like that have been tough. It's true. And you know what? I got to say now I'm a, I'm a relatively worldly fellow. I've lived all over. I was told, though, by Mighty Ducks that Iceland is very green and Greenland is very icy. So this just rocked Ooh. my entire world. Yeah, it's just. So many barriers were broken down with this movie, and I think it's good that it happened. <laughs> I think it's good to happen, too. You know what? I've completely, I'm glad we've talked about this. I completely, I, I'm switching around. I think this movie was great. I'm so glad yeah. that it was made. I learned so it's much. It's helping America heal right now. <laughs> Making America heal again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got, that was Aquaman basically saying, Bruce, I don't want any part of this. And then Lois doing her dumb thing. And then we meet Cyborg for the first time ever. And I don't remember if this was... Are we in part two yet? I think so, right? I think we're in part two, The Age of Heroes. Oh, yeah. This is hour one. (laughs) Hour one has just wrapped up. And I know this because, of course, I timed it. And this is when we finally find out what the fuck is going on in this movie. We're an hour in. Yes, we're an hour in. This is where we definitely meet Cyborg. We also see Miles Dyson. Now, I love Miles Dyson. I will not call him by anything else. It is Miles Dyson, the hero of Terminator 2. He fought Skynet valiantly. So it's very, I'm very upset that he's even soiling his acting chops in this movie. If he just brought his kids to Waterworld, 
his son would never be a cyborg. That is, by the way, how, okay, so let's, let's do two things there. So we meet, we meet Victor, we meet Victor before he becomes cyborg, and he's just your run-of-the-mill amazing quarterback on the football team, and also an amazing hacker, apparently, And as a well. genius. And genius, a genius level yeah. intellect. He's every single amazing thing you can possibly be. So one thing I have to mention is in football games, on the scoreboards, he played for Gotham City. But for some reason, Gotham City was playing Wisconsin. Yeah. In the DC universe, is Wisconsin a city? Uh, no, he was so good that he was playing the entire state. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay, so it's Gotham City versus the entire state of Wisconsin. All right, I got it. Yeah, I know it's like a Thunderdome thing. One, you know, one team leaves. <laughs> one city leaves. <laughs> no state. Yeah, all of Wisconsin's just gone now. <laughs> If you want, I don't oh. know, cheese curds, you got to get packing. Yeah, I got to be honest. I don't think it's much of a loss. To be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get that's nitpicking. But then during the game where he makes an awesome play by himself or whatever, the principal is talking to his mother and saying like, hey, your son totally hacked into this chick's grades and changed them. And she was like, well, her house burned down. So that was super nice of him. What have you done for him? I, I was like, I don't think that evens out correctly. No, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that, you know, compensates for the loss of, you know, every worldly possession and your parents. But like, eh, you live the way you live, die the way you die. Yeah, I got a B plus in English. Oh, thank you, Victor. So amazing. <laughs> and it comes. Uh, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. They just they start the whole how he doesn't have a good relation with, relationship with Miles Dyson because Miles Dyson is always working. He's trying to stop Skynet. We've already established that. So I say go off and do your thing, but that's just me. So he sees that the seat's empty, even though I don't think they have assigned seating, so that would be kind of weird. But anyways, so they're driving home, him and his mother, and he's like, oh, I wish dad had been there, you know, all the whiny bullshit. And then she's not paying attention to the road. And she's constantly looking at him trying to give this whiny baby some affirmation. And then a car hits him or a truck hits him. And now she's dead. And by the way, the way the doctor told Miles Dyson about how she was dead, I've never seen better acting on an extra. <laughs> yeah, that guy's, he's got such a future, that actor. The, the favorite part of me, oh my God, it was so amazing. As soon as they get in the car, you immediately know it's like, oh, they're going to get sideswiped. Yeah. It's going to hit from the driver's side. You're going right. to see the headlights. And then like, there's this whole motivation and that's why he's a cyborg now. Yes. Immediately. You can just tell. Oh yeah. That's, that's honestly it. But then he mentions to his father at some point when his father comes and visits him. By the way, I guess he's just been like sitting in the apartment for a year or two years or whatever. So he's just sitting there doing fucking nothing. He knows nothing about his powers. He's just mostly a robot or whatever with half his face showing. And then his, his dad tells like, sorry, he tells his dad, if you had been there that night, mom never would have died. How? How is that? Both of them, both, all of them probably would have died or, or two of them would have died. Like there is no way any of this would have worked out for the better. He would have lost two parents instead of one. Yeah, honestly, that's just terrible math. I don't know if the kid's a genius. I mean, unless they were all going to go to Sizzler and because he didn't show up, they didn't get to go to Sizzler. Oh yeah. 
So this is how my mind works. All right, Nick. <laughs> I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Sports hero story. You you score that winning touchdown. You go to Sizzler afterwards. So if your mom's with you, though, maybe you don't. Maybe you got to get McDonald's on the ride home. Obviously, their ride <laughs> didn't make it to where it had to be. Woman drivers. Uh. Am I right? Nudge, nudge. <laughs> but um. Tsh- Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you just see it coming. It's, it's so transparent. And then just for that scene to be perfectly ended by that awesome, you know, C-movie actor doctor. Just be like, oh, yeah, sorry, buddy. Your, your wife and your kid are mostly dead. Sucks to be you, bud. Yeah. Well, she goes, your wife is dead. Your son probably won't live long either. And you look over and he's half, he's half of a fucking person. There are no legs. There's no torso. It's like, how are yeah, you what keeping him? Yeah, fucking MD? Yeah, but also, how are you keeping him alive right now? <laughs> that's a good point. He's got those space <laughs> pants on. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, Cyborg does not like his dad. And then somehow, somehow he has in this futuristic world still has a basic voice recorder. Instead of what you would normally use your phone for. And they all have high-tech phones. So why wouldn't you just put your voice recorder on your phone? It's like a tape voice recorder, too. Yes. It's the really, really old-school shit. And this is not an old-school guy. He's all about technology. So that doesn't he make any sense. He turned his son into a cyborg. <laughs> like this, this man is technically competent. We find out, and this is what I also don't like, because I, I don't think this goes into the story of Cyborg whatsoever. He was made by his father. This was not made by his father. This was made only by the mother boxes. So all he did was point the mother box at him. And then it created the cyborg creature. <laughs> Oh, brutal. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm glad so Beast Boy was left out. I couldn't have my childhood tarnished no, like that's this good. again. Yeah, and what was the what was the hot chick? Um, oh, which one? Raven emo. or Starfire? Starfire. Oh, no, 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 no. No, the other Raven. one. Raven was the emo Ra- one. Yes, yes, the emo we one. We know you're tied in. Yeah, oh, fuck also, yeah. You know, a little bit too much my chemical romance at that age. <laughs> you can never listen to too much my chemical romance. <laughs> it's like how one of my favorite all-time characters is Eeyore. Okay, honestly, amazing character development. <laughs> oh, the original emo. <laughs> There's no one who was emo before Eeyore was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad we're Brutal. getting some laughs out of this. I-, I needed that. After watching that movie, I, I recommend to any listeners, if you do for some odd reason, decide to watch this, like, back up some comedies or something after, or like yes. a good movie. Oh, you like, gotta do something. Wash your I mouth I was in out. an emotional hangover after oh, yeah. that. Like, ugh. So, by the way, in this part, still, this is where they also do the flashback where Diana gets sent, so Wonder Woman gets sent that fucking arrow that lights the Amazon temple in fucking where? DC? On fire? So they just, I guess, put it, they just put it out and leave it there. And then Diana can have like free reign over that shit. So she gets the arrow and unlocks a door that is clearly a door. So I'm sure like no one ever tried to knock it down and go, what's behind here? Very, very strange. And then in that time, it tells like while she's walking down, it tells the story on the wall and they flash back to it of thousands of years ago. 
dark side came down to Earth and tried to conquer it, as he has over a hundred thousand planets before that time or something, he comes down and there are different factions of the planet that fight him. You have the the <laughs> the men, you have the Amazons, you have the uh the Atlanteans, and wait, were those the three? Oh, and then like Zeus was down there or Hercules? Yeah, there was like Ares there. Ares and Right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Ares and Zeus. Yeah, it was something stupid. But they all fight. And by the way, this was the quickest battle that I have ever seen someone who's supposed to be powerful actually lose. Well, they just didn't have time for it in the runtime. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. No, good point. Good point. So <laughs> that's where they introduce the mother boxes and explain that when the mother boxes come together, or that's what Darkseid would do is he'd bring down these mother boxes, they'd put them together, and then it basically terraforms the entire planet to be like Darkseid's planet and then also drains the life force out of anyone in the planet and makes them a parademon, I guess? Yeah, I feel like they already did that in uh, Superman. But uh, we're just or Man of Steel. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean. How many times are you going to try and terraform the fucking planet? They're just running out of ideas. Copy and paste is quick. <sighs> I guess. All right. Next up, unless you've got anything on on that battle. Oh God, no. <laughs> Honestly, although I did like how Diana like goes down with the arrow and like she pieces everything together that somehow archaeologists missed. Yes. And it's literally just like a bunch of like just just crudely drawn like pictures right. and that's it that's your exposition this is you know an hour 10 minutes of the movie you're like oh that's why the guy's here and that's what he's trying to do it's not yeah and that's nothing, nothing important right then she tells yeah batman. exactly yeah so that's your exposition right there is is telling batman so now you've got two people you've got batman and wonder woman together they know they have to find these other people that batman had found back during batman v superman when he hacked Lex Luthor's computer. So (laughs) that's why you try for Aquaman. And then now we go to The Flash in part three. Part three, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son is what that's called. (laughs) And then once Uh. again, the music for The Flash annoyed the goddamn fuck out of me. It was so... Like, I get... They're trying to be opposite of Marvel, where Marvel had, like, really fun music and, like, poignant music that worked really well. So you'd be like, oh, man, remember that song? That reminds me of that scene. So, like, let's go the complete opposite and have the worst possible music that you can't remember in the scene. Well, yeah, it's a forgettable scene. It's a forgettable song. Makes sense. Forgettable movie. It, it's <laughs> exactly. Per- it's absolutely perfect. So the Flash... At least they're consistent. Yes. Ex- yes. So the Flash likes looking at this chick as he's going to apply to be a dog walker. And then, because this always happens in real life, a truck driver of a very large truck was driving down Capital City and drops his cheeseburger in the seat, so obviously doesn't pay attention for five minutes trying to get his cheeseburger. And then a car runs into it, and the Flash saves the pretty girl and then goes back in and gets the dog walking job. Yeah, and that's his entire character development. And he's the quippy one. 
He's the one that makes all the the fun things, I guess. I, I don't. I couldn't. La- I didn't laugh at anything he ever said. No, not at all. And uh, that's uh, kind of tough because they really, they really tried to emphasize it a lot of times in the film. They really did. That is, <laughs> that is true. And by the way, so we also find out. So this is the first time we've ever met the Flash as well. Then we also meet his father, who's in jail, and the Flash goes to talk to him. And says a line that I, I could not believe they even did. He looks at his dad and his dad's like, why are you doing all these jobs? You're in college or whatever, and criminal justice. And he's like, why are you trying to do criminal justice? And, he, and his son's like, you're in jail for killing my mom and you obviously didn't do it. And they just brush over that. Yeah. What a weird way to say that. Because <laughs> like, the father certainly acts... Like he did kill his mom and wants him to get on with his life. It's very weird. <laughs> Just, oh. And there was like a, there was an all right scene right there where the dad's like, hey, like, don't throw your life away with all this work just because, you know, I'm in here. Like, my life's already forfeit. There's no need for me to drag you down, too. I'm like, oh, that's an all right moment. Sure. And then we get into the next scene, which immediately dilutes any of the effect that could have had. Well, by the way, does his father know that he's the Flash? I don't think he does. <laughs> All right, sorry. What's the next scene? What's the scene that you're super excited for? <laughs> All right. So the way my memory goes, I think the next scene after that is the Mercedes product placement with uh, Ben Affleck Batman. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Batman shows up in... This kid who has no money. So, by the way, they preface that he's working these four dead-end jobs to pay for his criminal justice uh, um, college uh, undergrad, whatever the fuck. But then he unlocks a warehouse in a train yard that has tons and tons of electrical equipment, TVs, computers, all this high-tech stuff. How did he get the money to do that? Yeah, and also, like, they establish through the multiple dead-end jobs that, like, oh, he must not have a skill set. But, like, they also make him out to be, like, the hacker techie guy, even though you already have Cyborg. Right. Oh, wait. He steals things, too, right? Oh, yeah. But he he steals milk. He steals, like, I mean, I guess you're supposed to assume he stole the TVs and, like, all that kind of shit. But still, when you meet a character for the first time, you don't understand that kind of stuff. Exactly. Oh and especially, like, the way they rush through character development for a four-hour-long movie. Right. It just baffles. It does. It baffles the mind. So, yeah, that's where you're right. Ben Affleck shows up, takes him in his crazy Mercedes weird Batmobile-ish car, I guess. And they just – that's where you see that joke that was in the trailer. It's like, what's your superpower? superpower? And he's like, I'm rich. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, hilarious. Oh, yeah. That one was for the kids. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So I think actually part three is where they tell Cyborg stories. So whatever. So we're, we're past that. So now you've got three superheroes together. And the Flash hits on Diana. But not really. Because remember, you can't go. You can't go too crazy. By the way, I think Wonder Woman brings up. Her fucking boyfriend, like two or three times in this fucking movie. Yeah, well, because we have to remember this is before, or 
No, it's after. I guess. And well, it's it's before you know the the release of Wonder Woman oh, eighty four. Yes. yes, it's obviously chronologically <laughs> in you know American history. It's after, but like you know they got to set up that you know oh my god she really loved this guy. Oh, she loves him so fucking much. You can't get over that fucking shit. So, oh man, uh, we're past we're past that. I think then we go to part four, Change Machine, which was a great fucking title, <laughs> and that's where. <laughs> I think Ugh. this is where they fight Steppenwolf. So Cyborg, so they reach out to Cyborg, or Diana reaches out to Cyborg, and Cyborg's like. Fuck all you guys. I don't need I don't need you. Look at me. I'm a I'm a freak. I'm a whatever. I can do this stuff on my own. And then he joins up with them, and that's where they fight Steppenwolf for the first time, I think. And and all the parademons or whatever the fuck. And you realize how, by the way, if you haven't realized it already, you realize how useless Batman is. Oh, they shove it down your throat. Holy shit, he's so incredibly useless. And that's why they have to give him I'm the person who brings everyone together role. Because he doesn't have it. Now, they do give him something else later, which we'll hit on. But really, he doesn't have anything to do other than bring everyone together. So you find out how useless he is. Now, by the way, I have to mention, Steppenwolf, for some reason, only seems to care about making fun of Diana, do you notice how many times he goes after her for being an Amazonian? Yeah, and he's like, uh, at multiple points in fights, he's like, oh, I beat up all your people. I'm going to beat you up too. Yeah. And that's just for the audience, I think, just to be like, oh, this is a bad guy. In case you guys forgot, he's a bad guy. Bad you want guy him to speak. Like, lose. Yeah, bad guy speak. Bad guy speak. Like, that's honestly. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't start talking about the 19th <laughs> Amendment. He's like, as soon as I take over, I'm going to abolish it. <laughs> <laughs> little girls were no longer dream of being wonder woman i can't wait till we terraform this godforsaken planet and make it all nazis oh. i'm gonna cancel ghostbusters again <laughs> i'm making it all men ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> him in his stupid razor suit or whatever the fuck. It's like, how are you How are you not getting pinpricked? Like that was the funniest part, too. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, visually complicated. He's got, like, all these, I don't even know, like, sewing needles all over him, and they're yeah. always moving. Yes, right. <laughs> like, that's got to be their entire CGI budget. That part didn't look bad. Oh, I like, thought it looked bad a lot. Of, like, there were times that it looked okay, but most, any movement of the body was terrible if he was just standing there and the shit was and that part was moving i was like okay i can deal with this but everything else was god awful at all just absolutely brutal absolutely brutal so that was when when they were fighting at one point once again because they have to do the the feminist woman thing that it just doesn't make sense in the situation Uh, wonder woman's fighting him and he goes this one will be like he stops the pair of Demons. I want to say paratroopers all the time, or parabellum or something. The the parademons. He stops and says, "This one will be mine." And she goes, "I belong to no one." And then a round of applause in the audience. Seriously, what does that fucking mean? What is <laughs> what is that? That was another empowerment moment, Ian. I, uh, I get it. You don't understand. I don't get it. I, I, I should be canceled. I don't get it. <laughs> Surprise! It's taken this long. I am too, actually, to be quite honest. 
Ian, you're not famous enough to be canceled. That's not true, which is scary as well. <laughs> oh, no. I'm more famous than you think I am. <laughs> well, at least on the movie podcast, on the music podcast. All right. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was not the first person with a movie podcast. That is that is for sure. With music, yes. Not with, not with movies. <laughs> so now, uh, Nick, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is where they talk about the anti-life formulation, right? <laughs> can you Can you please take people through what this is supposed to be? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Ian. I have no idea what it means. I think they kind of like showed a little bit of something special when Darkseid landed on Earth the first time in ancient America, whatever the fuck he was doing in America. Amazonia. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, you know, he would have lost quicker if America was on the continent. Right. But, like, yeah, they're like, oh, I wrote down the equation on the Earth or something. <laughs> and now when I go back to this planet that beat me before, I'll be able to, like, control all life force. And I'm like, wow, they're really reaching. Yeah, it's just the names of things are so bad, too. It's just it's Mother Boxes, which is a terrible name. They have to unit unity. So they go... They go, okay, so everyone, and this is, by the way, the superheroes in the movies, in this movie, take the names of things as well. So the amount of times, like, you should, like, don't, I don't want people to die when they watch this movie. You might feel like you want to die, but I don't want you to die in it. If you did a drinking game of any time they said mother boxes, unity, or synchronize, you would die. Yeah. So these mother boxes come together, they create the unity, and then you say synchronize, and when they synchronize, that means that the the power goes through or whatever. But then they say anti-life formulation over and over again, too, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why they added it on? They're like, you got to get the three boxes, and then the boxes will terraform Earth. And we're like, okay, that's not a good conflict, but it's conflict enough. Right. And they're like, oh, no, also, like, you know, he wrote down, you know, Newton's first law somewhere (laughs) on a napkin, and he's got to finish his Chem 1 homework. We got to go back. You have to remember, Nick, they have to set up a reason for him to come back. You have to set up a reason, not not just revenge, because revenge apparently would not be enough. So you have to set up a reason for them to want to come to Earth again. Gotcha. Wow. This is the first time they actually planned ahead. Well, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later as well. Because once again, I think the planning ahead has to do with trying to correct mistakes of the past. So we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, you you piqued my interest. All oh, right. I have I have some theories, Nick. I have I have some oh, theories. I'm excited. I did pay attention. We're thinking about this film more than the people who wrote it. Oh, way more. And by the way. I think that if if they gave us a script, if they said, go ahead and rewrite this, I could cut that movie better. I could make that a better. Now, I'm not saying I could make the CGI better. We'd have to hire completely new. We'd have to hire everyone from Marvel, and then we could make a good CGI (laughs) movie. But storyline-wise, I guarantee you and I could write a better script and better storyline than this garbage. I'm saying it, dude. Just splice together. What would that be? 10 episodes of Teen Titans? Yes. Just just do it. That's the whole movie. There's your runtime. 
You go start to finish. You'll learn a lot about some well-developed characters, and then just end it. Yeah, there you go. That's all you need. And before it gets all goofy, like before Teen Titans be- became like the kitty whatever Teen Titans, there was actually... Oh, Teen Titans Go, yeah. Yeah, there was actually real storylines in that that worked really well. So, and we'll, by the oh, way, yeah. we'll get to the Boy Wonder a little bit later as well. Thank God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, we had mentioned it before, but during this time, there are flashbacks. So, not only to Lois doing her dumb shit, but then also Martha Kent losing the farm. And then it's assumed that Martha Kent goes to visit uh, Lois. And they talk, they, like, show Lois, like, looking at the cape, like, feeling the cape. And then they have a whole talk about how Lois is the only person other than Martha that really knows Clark and really knows what he's about. And, you know, you find out that she hasn't gone back to the Daily Planet since Clark died, which... And by the way, I I know you noticed this, I'm sure, and other people should have. But any time in the movies, she says Clark in front of random civilians. People say Bruce in front of random civilians. It would be pretty easy to go, wait a second, is Superman Clark Kent? Is Batman Bruce Wayne? It's really not that hard in these movies to put everything together. Do they not have Facebook and just be like, oh, Lois Lane is friends with which people? Who's who's our first degree on LinkedIn? (laughs) How many Clarks does she have in her life? Oh, so... But it turns out when they have this conversation where basically Martha tells her, you know, you got to get back out there and get into life and, you know, don't give up on, you know, blah, 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 like to get her out of her apartment or whatever. As she leaves, it turns out it's not Martha Kent. It's the Martian Manhunter. And that seemed so shoehorned that I have not seen him in any other movie. So I don't know if I missed it. But then also... Like, what a terrible character to introduce during this time. Yeah, you'd expect the Green Lantern uh, to provide some foreshadowing, too, in a bit. But I don't. I didn't see it. No, they only showed that, that one Green Lantern guy that got beat like a fucking bitch in the fight against Dark Side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, by the way, I, I tend to hate all uh, Green Lanterns. I, hate, I think they all suck. I think it's terrible. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of pussies. <laughs> like, honestly. Oh, my my ring. <laughs> no good. Oh, we get so much hate mail for this thing. Martian Manhunter disappears. But don't worry, folks. We'll see. We'll see him again. It'll be great. Oh, God. Oh, I forget what part we're on. We did. Oh, we find out, I believe, during this part that. So it's called Change Machines or change machine, you find out, and they say this, and I'm bringing it up for an actual point later on that we're going to talk about. They say that the mother boxes, so this is like Cyborg doing research and blah, blah, blah. They say that the mother boxes are not inherently good or inherently evil. They just, they, they put things back together. So they're all, they're all around each other. I think it's in this part. They're all in, like, Batman's lair or whatever the fuck. And Aquaman, by the way, Aquaman joined them when Darkseid attacked them that first time. So now Aquaman's a part of the group, too. So you've got everyone assembled who's alive right now. And they're all talking about 
these mother boxes and what they're used for and what they do. And they're saying unity and they're saying fucking anti-life solution or formulation. And Cyborg mentions that and they show a flashback, which is really weird, of him getting created basically that Miles Dyson tapped into the mother box and the mother box basically put him back together. So they made the very, very simple analogy. When matter is destroyed, it doesn't leave. It doesn't go anywhere. So if your house burns down, the particles become smoke. So they go, so then Batman chimes in, then the mother box can make smoke back into a house. That That's how he said it, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just perfect writing. Ben Affleck's earning every paycheck. Oh, yeah. They had to really dumb it down. They had to really, really dumb the shit down for their audience. That's for sure. So, you know, matter can can neither be uh, (laughs) created nor destroyed. They they just go past all that and they go, hey, so you know how you have a match and you can just totally light a house on fire? Well, just think about it this way. Maybe that smoke after that could make a house again. That's, That's what they do. So... They've now established, though, that the mother boxes aren't good or evil. They follow what they're supposed to be doing, but then later on come to the conclusion that somehow Superman was the reason why these boxes stayed silent for over 2,000 years or some bullshit, for thousands of years. They stayed silent, but Superman had only shown up like... 10 years ago, 20, how many years was he fucking on the planet? He's like 20 something. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, how many of those years was he like active for? Well, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's barely active at all. So how did the boxes, how were they afraid to send their signal up? And why would they send a signal up if now their masters are the individual, the, you know, the, the men, the Atlanteans, the Amazonians, they're not bad. So why you see what I mean? Like that matter. Yeah, what's their can, motivation? Exactly. Yeah, if they're truly neutral, like, oh yeah, like I like the old boss. At least he had purpose. Right. This guy just kind of had me sitting around for five thousand years or whatever. Before I got to have so much fun terraforming planets. It was so it was so amazing. I mean, I didn't mean it. I'm you know, I'm not a mean person. Just you know. <laughs> I mean, look, I made cyborg. Come on. Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just wanted to get out. Oh, and by the way, we we kind of rolled over this, but what was very funny was, so at the end of that main battle, they split up the mother boxes between the three races, basically. And what did the race of man do? They buried it eight feet down in a hole. That was, that was it. <laughs> you know, ours doesn't get stolen until last, so point for the home team. That is a good point. That is, go men. Woo! Go men. Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Hit him with the banhammer. Oh, Nick. Okay, sorry. Where are we? We're they're talking. Okay, this is where we get to the really fun part. I can't believe anyone has ever said that about I know. this movie. <laughs> well, this is where this is where all of a sudden the tone completely changes to wait a second. If this created cyborg, why can't we use it to bring back Superman? Oh my god, everyone. We can't win this battle unless we have Superman. Like, it was such a change in the entire tone of the movie. Like, if if I hadn't known, if they hadn't uh, foreshadowed at the beginning of the movie that Superman would have to come back to life, basically, 
it would have been a way better surprise to actually lead up to instead of changing the entire tone of, oh yeah, we're a team, we can do everything together, we're go-getters, we can do this, to, oh, wait a second, we don't mean fucking shit. We need Superman, otherwise we're all dead. And it goes against the one thing I honestly like kind of enjoyed about this movie was that it was just Batman getting together like a suicide group. I almost said suicide squad. <laughs> almost did. I had to actively work against it. But like <laughs> I, I like that they were all like, yeah, there's four of us. We're not all that powerful against like an extraterrestrial god. But we're gonna we're gonna get together and we're gonna fight together. And like, yeah, Batman alludes to it a couple of times, like, yeah, I'm probably gonna die like doing this. Like it's whatever. And by, like, hyping up the fact that they have to get Superman in order to succeed, like, that cuts out, like, half of the movie's plot elements right Right. there. It's just like, like, why is anybody, like, wanting to join the team in the first place? They're like, oh, yeah, Batman's, you know, we might not win, but, like, this is the guy we want to rally behind because if he's willing to do it and throw his life away, why not? Right. Once again, it's just bad writing because you could easily write it correctly to make it make sense that you wanted to do something like that. But instead, they don't. Like, the Flash is just like, they're going around the table, you know, trying to co- trying to copy Marvel, you know, when they've done it correctly in many other situations. Yeah. They go around, and the Flash is just like, I know everyone's, we're all thinking the same thing, but I'm not going to say it. And then they go, and they talk about bringing Superman back. It's like, wait a second, how did you guys make that jump so quickly? And then for some reason, Cyborg, like, projects an image, a cartoon image of Superman on the mother box, like jumping into the air. It just, it had to happen. Plot. I don't think the movie, but it would have been the same without it. <laughs> you know what, Nick? I agree. I don't think it would have been the same either. <laughs> All right. Do you want to take everyone through the plan? I, I honestly, I'm going to be honest, Ian. I don't want to. <laughs> You don't have a fucking choice. I got to open this beer and have some alcohol. All right. Yeah, me too, bud. Wait, I thought you already had your drink open. You think I was stopping at one drink for this movie? Oh, well, listen to this, baby. Oh, shit. Bam. Alcohol. Oh, crisp and tall. Mm. Just like Ian fans. Ah, hell yeah. Look, when you have a body like Jason Momoa, you don't get drunk off of a little bit of beer. That's for sure. What a stud. Oh, by the way, I was trying to write jokes for this <laughs> this podcast. The one I came up with, one of my favorites anyways, <clears throat> one of my favorites anyways is this movie is like my sex life. It's just as long, but everyone, everyone is not satisfied at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly like my sex life then. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Everybody walks away disappointed. Yes, exactly, exactly. And by the end, it's very dry. Yeah, and you feel like there's a lawsuit coming. (laughs) No, it's terrible. I'll walk him through the plan. Do it, please. I want to hear this. I got a decent head start on this beer. I think I got the confidence for it. Do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So uh, they've got the mother boxes, which we have learned, you know, can create matter or whatever, transfer forms, whatever, Newton's laws. Change machine. Change machine. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You got the one box. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're figuring, like Barry said, oh, like, let's just bring Superman back. Like, it'll be fun. Like, all we're going to need is a boatload of energy and, like, Cyborg to, like, do some stuff. And also, we're going to need a dead body. Of course. So, like, that's not too bad. Like, Wednesday night in my (laughs) household. 
But um, so what that? Yeah, of course. Number one, got to exhume Superman. That's you know something everybody does every day. They uh, go. There's like this long drawn out scene for it too. Like I, I don't want to say it was a short scene. Like they're really, you know, taking time at the gravesite to be like, wow, like let's talk about exhuming a body. Isn't this a wacky situation? Yeah, exactly. Yakety sax plays in the background. Some ghosts are chasing him around the graveyard. Oh, but it's, it's funny too because they even like call it out. Like the Flash and Cyborg are sitting there, like, "Man, we could have been done with this in like a millisecond." Yeah. But no, they make the joke, and the scene still lasts like at least three minutes by my reckoning. Probably. And they're just yep. sitting around. They're just exhuming a body, and I guess it's for emotional impact to be like, "This is hollowed ground," you know. Superman's like the savior of humanity, even though everybody fucking hated him and he was right. no good. Yep. And then we find out, I think earlier, that Miles Dyson has Superman's spaceship. So somehow Cyborg is able to communicate with the spaceship and they make the plan that they need a big charge of energy from the mother box to exhume or to, to get Superman back to life. So they take him, there's a, there's Kryptonian water or some shit in the <laughs> ship. So they they lower him, they put him in, they put the body in there. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but they had Aquaman put him in and push him down into the water because he's the water guy, Nick. I I I, uh, I don't know why they did it, but they, he's there. He's there. He's, he's doing his thing. Yep. There's some fish in that water that he's communicating to. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what Flash has to do is as the box is dropped into the water where Superman's body is, the Flash has to go at the speed of light and charge the box before it hits Superman. And the issue of why they can't do this multiple times, I guess, they have to do it right the first time, is because that will open up the box and allow it to call out to Steppenwolf, who already has two out of the three boxes. You know what happens if they get all three boxes? It's unity, baby. Unity and synchronization. They can't have that happen. But yeah, they, no. need to, they need to take this chance to bring Superman back. But as this is happening, as they're gearing up for it, the ship is telling them this is a terrible idea. And I think Cyborg has a premonition yeah, he's cautioning them against it. Yeah, but it almost seemed like he could feel something because then they also yeah. cut to Batman who has oh, yeah. the out-of-body experience like they had in Batman v Superman where he's basically dreaming or foreseeing something in the future where uh, Lois, Lois or isn't there but Superman is really dark and... I guess he's on the side of dark side now and like the places in ruins and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, and you see Diana dies and it's, oh, oh yeah, uh, that's it's right. not a good time. Right, 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 right. So Diana dies, yeah. And by the way, I think this is called part five, all the king's horses because they even say all the king's horses, all king's men couldn't put and they like stop. It's like fucking ridiculous, stupid shit. So against all the warnings, they decide to still do it. They pull it off. Superman just like jumps out of the way. It's not even like a slow thing. Like Superman just floats up way out of the spaceship already. Doesn't look around there. 
somehow, for some reason, goes over to his memorial site. The mother box gets expunged from the spaceship and goes out and crashes near Miles Dyson. And Miles Dyson takes it back to the star's lab that they've been in like a million fucking times. And then everyone shows up except for Batman at the memorial. And they're all just standing there. And they look so fucking goofy. <laughs> I, I can't believe that was their best take of that. Right. You had two directors for this. <laughs> this is the best take they got. They look so incredibly goofy. And Superman's just there, for some reason, shirtless. I'm not exactly sure why, but with long pants on. Well, they, they pay him extra for that. Okay. Well, at least there wasn't any extra mustaches put on or taken off of him (laughs) or pubes taken off or whatever. So then they have one of the dumbest looking fights. I mean, I appreciate that they're setting up how powerful Superman is. That's one thing I can say about this. Like, he really is in the spectrum of everything. He is so incredibly strong that... He's just fending everyone off. So they have a couple of okay parts here where like the Flash tries to outrun him. And when he tries to get behind him, while Superman is holding off Aquaman, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman, his eyes and his head follow the Flash as he's moving at super speed. Which is like my favorite part of the whole movie. Like it's the only part that like actually made an emotional impact with me. Yeah, it made it takes you back to those fun days of reading comic books and realizing how powerful some of these people. Like for me, I always think to I mean it's a lot of Captain America stuff for me in the movies, where like for instance, there's two major ones. There's Captain America holding back Thanos in Infinity War, where he's holding the the gauntlet. Like that's that's a a feat of strength to show you how powerful Captain America truly is. And then, you know, when he when he gets... Um, I'm not even talking about when he gets uh, the hammer. I'm talking more about, like, when he's standing up tall against the entire army, when he thinks it's only him versus Thanos' army. Like, those are moments that you remember, right? Yeah. So this is kind of... I mean, this is on a very, very low level compared to those, but it shows you how powerful Superman truly is and how scared they should be. But it also doesn't make any sense later as he's throwing everyone around basically and, you know, like just kicking their asses. Somehow Wonder Woman's able to handle a straight up uh, headbutt from him. And that doesn't seem like that should actually happen. It's just the whole balancing of their powers is completely wrong in this. And like we were saying earlier, just like, the fact that they were just like, oh, yeah, our lives aren't worth shit and, you know, we're all going to die in this mission. But, yeah, honestly, like, let's risk it all and get Superman. It just completely writes this film off. It's just it's not a Justice League film. It's like, oh, yeah, there's some exposition and it's a Superman movie. Right. Yeah. Let's just get Superman back into this because it was a terrible idea to kill him off. We killed him off way too early. Like, ah, oh, damn it. We shouldn't have listened to the comics. OK, bring him back. Well, by the way, and I mean. I, I don't know everything about the comics, but I do own all those comics like that was back in the day. Uh, Superman never died. When What actually happened was his heartbeat was just going so slowly 
that he needed that time to recharge because of what Doomsday had done to him. So he never actually died. He just needed years to recharge, and then he came back. Yeah. So this was, he was actually dead because he got fucking impaled by a kryptonite spear, I guess. So whatever, whatever the fuck. So, but what still doesn't make any sense, they just wanted, they wanted their Civil War moment. They wanted, you know, (laughs) Superman versus other heroes. He doesn't remember what's going on, which doesn't make any sense because when you die, you don't get memory loss. I, I mean, I look, I can't speak completely for that. I mean, maybe that is what happens, but I, it seems like a weird thing to happen. I could understand if you cloned Superman and he exactly, didn't know who yeah. he was. <laughs> well, yeah, they wanted their, like you're saying, they wanted their, you know, Civil War moment, you know, almost like a, a Batman versus Superman. Like oh. If there was some way they could package that into a story. Oh, yeah, that'd that'd be an event. What a great movie. That that was an event. If that was anything that was Oh, an man. <laughs> Yeah, it just you're you're entirely right. It just it doesn't make sense thematically. I guess they needed to like remind you that Superman's powerful, but yes. it really it drags on for a little bit. Like it that's does. it's a it's like ten minutes on that scale of just like superheroes fighting, which right. I get. It's exciting, but when you follow that with like it ends with an emotional moment between <laughs> him and Lois, it just uh, it all comes to a grinding halt. Well, it's. It's just so funny because Batman shows up finally, gets his ass handed to him. Like, just absolutely handed to him. He's saying Clark all over the place. Police are right there. Don't pick anything up. And then Lois shows up. And, of course, because Lois always has some weird power, he recognizes Lois. And they fly off together to the Kent family farm, which has been foreclosed upon. And all of a sudden, he starts remembering things. But... They don't seem to be in any hurry to go find out why he was brought back from the dead and what the heroes are dealing with. They don't seem to care. Yeah. Lois is happy she has her man back because that gives her a purpose, I guess, which is very anti-feminism. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, she needs him around or else her life is incomplete because all we've seen in Lois up to that point in the movie is just... Her moping over the loss of her fiancé, boyfriend, husband, whatever she is at that rate. Oh, uh, I guess he had proposed to her. Yeah, and she wears the ring. Yeah. And no one questions that, apparently. No one's been like, hey, so uh, who are you marrying? <laughs> what's what's going on in your life? Yeah, she pulls the old, oh, you want to know him. He goes to a different school. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> so at some point... Batman mentions his vision or whatever of Lois and mentions that it seems like that wasn't a a thing of hope. It was something darker. Like uh, he had said something to Wonder Woman like, you know, Lois is so important to this or whatever. And and Wonder Woman's like, yeah, that's that's, that's his love. It's important to Superman. And Batman was like, no, no, no. I think it's something darker. And that's where you get part six, something darker. So, you know, it's always... They had to go darker. And then, of course, the entire screen dims and <laughs> just oh my gets snidified from there. Yeah, could you see anything during this final battle? <laughs> like, it was so No, not incredible. at all. And I know they're doing it to hide how bad the CGI is. Like, they're absolutely doing it for that reason. And by the way, their plan sucked balls. 
Like, they could not do... That whole plan sucked. Whatever they were trying to do, like, Batman at one point even says, like, basically it looked like he was going to sacrifice himself to pull bad guys away. But it's like, you have four other people that are actually have superpowers. Why would you be the guinea pig? It doesn't... it uh, Or the bait. Well, that's why I liked it. Because since he's, you know, useless in a fight, uh, if it's anything more than henchmen... You know, just have that guy run the henchman off and, you know, he dies the way he dies. I guess, man. I, I don't know. I, I wanted more for him, I guess. I don't know. But he makes it He makes it to the main thing and then he, you know, takes the blaster and you just have more of these terrible, terrible CGI scenes where it's slow motion and then fast motion and, you know, it's just everything looks god-awful. And then they're trying to do this plan now where cyborg is going to so now so by the way because oh we skipped ahead on this one but because the mother box was out calling for uh dark side and and steppenwolf by the way steppenwolf is such a dumb fucking name sorry so <laughs> they uh miles dyson takes the takes the box and superheats it and it using his proton ray or whatever the fuck, electron beam ray for some reason, and it disintegrates Miles and puts basically a tracker on the box. Steppenwolf takes it. Cyborg's now fatherless. And now their plan is that they're going to go over to around Moscow where the boxes are. Steppenwolf's going to put all the boxes together for the unity, but then it takes time for them to synchronize. So during that time, Cyborg is supposed to get his or like link up with the mother boxes. And then the Flash is supposed to go faster than he ever, ever, ever has before and charge him so that he'll go into so that Cyborg will go into the mother boxes and pry them apart mentally. (laughs) Yeah, that's the plan. It's completely intuitive. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. <laughs> oh, my God. So they're going back and forth and fighting. And, you know, Jason Momoa is getting Aquaman's getting into it somehow. I, I don't understand. He has basically nothing to do as well. But they try and make it seem like he's powerful. But then he's not. I, I don't I don't know how he works. So Cyborg gets in there. And again, I mean, we didn't count it. But the amount of times that the Flash trips and hurts himself is a significant amount of times in this movie. So yeah. he's trying to go around while uh, while Cyborg is trying to get set up. And somehow the Parabellums are able to shoot at the exact location where he's going to be and wound him, what it seems like is severely. So that means that Cyborg can't do anything and they open up a time portal or a portal for Darkseid and his henchmen to come in, I guess, after the terraforming happens. But then as he's as, as fucking Steppenwolf, oh my god, it's so stupid. I, I, I sound so dumb. It sounds so dumb in my mind what I'm saying. Yeah, and people paid money to write this. Oh, they were they were paid. It's crazy. Oh my god, it's crazy. So cyborg is turned towards the cubes or the box i keep on wanting to say cubes but they're boxes and steppenwolf's about to hit him with his hammer and all of a sudden superman's there in his black suit because he went to talk to alfred 
who I'm assuming told him where to go. So then he showed up and the ass goes into him and he goes, not impressed. And then uh, Ice breaks his axe and then punches him, beats the living shit out of him for like a while. Just, yeah, absolutely pummels him, you know, resolves all tension immediately. Yeah, cuts cuts one of his horns off or whatever. And it's just like punching him on the ground, just punching him. <laughs> When the Flash gets hit, that means they can't do their thing with the box, so they have to reset. And what happens is, because of this, they actually the boxes actually synchronize, and it looks like the whole world is going to end. But the timeline change or the synchronization hasn't reached the Flash yet. So the Flash, who looks like he has a really, really bad wound, somehow has the power to go so fast again that he can reverse time and get to uh cyborg before steppenwolf does and then he goes into the box and then when he's in the box there's no drama whatsoever there's his father and his mother and his old human self saying hey now you can be cool with us like this is great we can have your life and he has no sympathy he doesn't have any crisis of conscience None of that. He just goes up to them as like, fuck you. I'm not alone anymore. I have friends. And like, where did that turn come from? Well, because it's a Justice League movie, not oh, a that's Superman right. movie. Good point. Good point. So then mentally, he starts to somehow separate the boxes and then call Superman over who physically separates the boxes. And then Steppenwolf is pissed. So Superman punches him, I think. Or Wonder Woman does her stupid arm cross thing. Oh, they all get a punch in. Yeah, Superman like punches him and then like, I forgot what Aquaman does. I think he like spears him a little Tridents, bit and then like Tridents Wonder him. Woman. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so as, so hilarious. As Steppenwolf is floating in slow motion towards the portal to go with Darkseid, Wonder Woman gets her sword and slices off his head. So that his head is separate from his body when it goes through the portal and then Darkseid crushes the head and the portal closes. And you're like, oh, Darkseid's like cool, hot shit. He doesn't even care about this. And then you see that guy that Steppenwolf's been talking about who I said looks like Ready Player One guy. And then they walk down the aisle so fucking slowly. You're like, how is this scene not done yet? And you see all the people that he controls. But it's like, but we already knew that. It's already been established that he, like, conquered 100,000 planets or whatever the fuck. You want to know the sad part? Go on. The sad part, the most depressing part of that whole thing, was that, honestly, when I saw the CGI and they're like, oh, man, he crushed the skull. Him and his henchmen are going to go, you know, storm Earth. <laughs> I thought that was going to happen right then. Oh. I'm like, this is a four-hour-long movie. I must be, like, hallucinating. I must be thinking it's way longer than it is. We must be at hour two right now. They had had so many like climactic fights in quotation marks that like, all right, we got another hour where it's them fighting Darkseid. Like I completely saw that happening in my future. Right. Like, well, all right, buckle up, Buttercup. At least the movie's almost done. I, I'm already three hours through. Yeah, we still had a whole nother hour. <laughs> like a whole like after Steppenwolf is dead, there's still like a whole nother hour to go. That's how crazy. Now, by the way, Ugh. did they take the boxes and do anything with them? Or are the boxes dead? No idea. 
they say the boxes are dead in like the epilogue or whatever but like never explain it like nobody ever like is shown sweeping them under the rug or like hiding them nine feet deep this time wow so okay so they just leave them then you have another shot of all them standing looking out towards moscow or something i guess while the plane is coming up to get them that looks stupid that looks really fucking dumb and then i think if i'm not mistaken is that where we're now in the epilogue a father twice over Sounds about right to me. Man, at that point, the time dilation factor. It's almost like I was traveling at near the speed of light. <laughs> Don't reality trip. was commingling with the... Oh, it was bad. Oh, just imagine if you had to go back in time. Back in time and watch that again. Like, imagine, imagine oh. how bad that would be. <laughs> and the whole time, honestly, like, for the amount they were hyping up, like... You know, the Flash's ability to travel at near the speed of light, the speed or light or beyond. I was like, oh, like, that's a cool thing in a fight scene because, you know, you can do the Quicksilver thing that they were doing the whole movie. But there's also like, you know, throw Einstein relativity a bone and just be like, oh, it takes a lot of energy and, you know, it should be impossible to break the speed of light. But he's got a lot of mass. So, like, you know, he's not powerful against Steppenwolf by himself. But if he's traveling like at the speed of light like maybe you can punch him into non-existence like right. oh that's like a quick little thing to add like that doesn't take any effort no but they already did that with quicksilver so i guess they didn't want to copy that i guess yeah exactly <laughs> after all the things they've already copied they're like no this one's sacred yeah don't do that that'd be crossing Yeah, better not line. have him taste soup while he's you know running around oh that it's just done so much and those are in movies that mostly suck and they still did it better than what they did here. Like, that's how bad. And by the exactly. way, right at the end of that battle, that's ending number one, by the way. So they have, they have wrapped up that whole Steppenwolf thing. So now the mother boxes are an issue. Now they still have the anti-life formulation, apparently. But other than that, and, and fucking uh, Blindside already says that he's coming back <laughs> <laughs> so they are going to come back. We know that he's coming back to Earth. We know that for sure. So that's that's your setup for the rest. Then you get the point where you get Miles Dyson. Basically, now Cyborg has control over all matter and is able to put things back together exactly the way they were somehow. So the voice recorder that he broke that I think we didn't talk about, he broke it when... He was like when his father was about to say, I'm going to tell you some fatherly things instead of being a scientist. So now you have the voiceover about him saying like, you're the fucking greatest of all time. You can do whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. Like that's. <laughs> he was given the speech that Wonder Woman gives to little girls. Yes. Yeah. But yet he also sucked his own dick by saying, hey, so I brought you into this world once, but then I also brought you back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Oh, it's so great. So, man, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to piece everything together. So, what was what was that second ending then? So you had you had Cyborg listening to his dad. You had the Flash going over to his dad and saying that he got a job at a laboratory for criminal criminal lab or something i don't know he got some yeah, job for investigation yeah like yeah. a csi lab yeah and his dad was like super happy about it and then uh diana was 
sorrowfully, sorrowfully looking off to where maybe Amazonia is, but somehow doesn't go back to Amazonia. So she's just hanging around. And then Superman and Batman uh, go back to the Kent farm and Batman bought the bank that bought the foreclosed uh, place. And that was like another rich joke or whatever. Yeah, uh, what I'll say about that is that it was actually like a competent scene. If the rest of the movie was all right, that would have been something good, like to tie up loose ends and just be like, oh, here's a lighthearted joke after all of that, where they're still friends even after all of this. But since the rest of the movie was so shit, you're like, oh, no, they're just pandering to the audience. Like, oh, whatever. I think one of the things that people always enjoyed was the Batman-Superman relationship. Because yeah. Batman was someone who would kill people. Superman was someone who always had to save everybody. So they had differing points of view, but wanted to save the human race, wanted to be good people. Like that was what they did. But they had differing ways of doing it, but had this mutual respect for each other where Batman knows Superman could go crazy and destroy the world, but doesn't, only does the right thing all the time. And Superman looks at Batman and goes, here's a human being with no powers who takes this wealth, who could just be a dickbag. He could be a complete playboy, whatever, but instead puts his money towards helping people. And even though I don't agree with the way he helps people sometimes, the point is, that he's helping. So they have this mutual respect, this actual friendship based on little jokes and quips about each other that really works, but we're nowhere near seeing that in any of these movies. Not at all. No, like you have that one scene and you're right, that's that's completely it. That's the one time where they're like, oh yeah, like we actually get along. We, you can see them getting a beer at the end of that scene. Right. And I just want to correct you before somebody from the internet burns down oh, your house, Ian. Sorry. Batman doesn't kill people. Remember, that's the no, rule. No, he does. Batman and Superman share. Well, he kills henchmen. That doesn't count. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> he doesn't kill people, you know. <laughs> no, no, I, I understand. No, it, it depends on which comic book series it is but yeah he yeah he has no, no you're problem. definitely right yeah he has no problem being brutal you know what i mean like he has no problem yeah, no he's definitely more hyper violent yeah it's the violence as the solution with batman versus you're right the the saving as the solution for superman right yeah exactly exactly so that would be that would be nice if they could go do that but it also still doesn't there were multiple times in this movie where alfred was talking to batman and going like what, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because they're not logical. Why do you think you owe something to Superman? And I guess he was being the voice of the audience, like the smarter audience to ask those questions because it didn't make any sense that Batman felt like felt guilt over what happened because Superman and him still weren't on the same page on things. So it really doesn't make any sense of why he would hold this guilt that he was somehow the reason, if anything, fucking Superman was the reason why Superman died. If Superman hadn't made it so that Lois Lane had thrown the fucking spear of kryptonite or whatever the fuck into that water, into that stupid area of water, then Superman wouldn't have had to have gone to get it later to kill Doomsday. And then he wouldn't have been powered down. So the only people that killed Superman were Superman and Lois. Batman didn't do anything wrong. 
No, and they try to explain it. You're right. They're like, oh, like I promised him on his deathbed, which is like the ultimate story writer's <laughs> fucking cop out excuse. <laughs> But they honestly, like, the way they were setting it up was like, you know, the Tony Stark Iron Man 3 to Pepper, where it's like, uh, I saw some shit and, like, we need to defend against it. But then they completely invalidate it. You're right. As soon as they're like, oh, no, I made him a promise. Yeah. It's like the setup's just completely gone. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, and it wasn't, I could understand if the world, if they had shown a world that was overrun with bad guys because that's actually something that's covered in the comic books when you there's a whole yeah. comic book after superman dies that whole that whole length there's a there's a side companion called funeral for a friend and during that time tons of superheroes they tell a bunch of stories about you know the government trying to get superman's body and you know what they're going to do to study what defenses do they have and you hear about all these other superheroes coming in to help out because now criminals think oh shit we can do whatever we want because Superman's not around. So yeah. they do the whole thing with uh, with Wonder Woman, but they don't mention – if they had mentioned during that time when Wonder Woman used her stupid truth lasso on one of the henchmen for that <laughs> bombing, if he had said, hey, we're looking around and see Superman's not here, so we're having a lot of fun like a lot of other people are, that would have made more sense. But they don't establish – that the world is on fire. They don't establish that they need Superman. No, nothing at all. And you're right. That could have been something so fucking easily. Like, it, it takes one line of dialogue to tie that up. Yeah. Just make it, just make it. I mean, you know, even the Flash. The Flash could have, instead of his stupid scene with the guy who wants his cheeseburger, instead of that, if you had done something about a, a out-of-control robbery or something, all that kind of stuff is easily played into and helps the storyline progress than what they did. So, anyways, so for some reason, Batman feels this obligation to bring Superman back, and it just comes out of the fucking blue. Now, I will say, you know, Aquaman walking away from Batman, it made sense at the beginning. Him returning also made sense because he lost to Steppenwolf, you know, when when he took the uh, the fucking box from Atlanta. So that made sense for Aquaman then. See, that storyline-wise, that actually makes sense. But the other stuff just comes right out of the fucking blue. Yeah, and to what end? Like, what are they playing at at the end of it? You, you know they're fighting for another sequel, but I, I just don't see where it connects to anyone's storyline other than the main bad guys. Right. I think now we've talked about what happened with most of the superheroes. So then I think... We have the Arkham Asylum bit, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, with Lex. And for some reason, Lex Luthor is supposed to be there, which to me doesn't make any sense because Arkham is in Gotham and Lex is in Metropolis. Ooh. So maybe maybe I'm missing something. Maybe in the comics there was something about this that I don't know about, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Somehow Lex Luthor gets out. And there's some other person in his jail cell. So then you cut to Lex Luthor. This is Jesse Eisenberg, now with a shaved head. And he's on a private you know, yacht or whatever. And they introduce another new character that they've never talked about before. It's Deathstroke. And you know him if you know the comic books. But once again, it's a character that they decide to throw in <laughs> at the epilogue of a four-hour fucking movie. So he shows up, yeah. says he wants Batman, and 
fucking Jesse Eisenberg says, hey, by the way, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Well, no shit. Everyone knows. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody who is at the fight between him and Superman also knows who Superman is. Right. Like they were exchanging first names and social security numbers. So now Deathstroke is all happy because now I guess he thinks he can beat Bruce Wayne. So then Jesse Eisenberg makes mention that he has a lot of other important things to do. So I guess they're setting him up to be another consummate villain, which is fine. That I mean, that that makes sense. But so you've got him doing that. But then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, now you get the dream, right? Oh, yeah. The dream that lasts, you know, however long. Oh, my God. This went on for so long. <laughs> this went on. Yeah. So and this... it's a lot of just panning into the distance. Yes. so this is going back to that scene that made absolutely no fucking sense in batman v superman where batman is in his suit but then with camo stuff and there's a bunch of sand and it looks like all the cities are a desert almost or something like i guess everything is like for shit for a while or whatever so they're playing off of that where he saw an evil superman so now he he's looking around. He tells everyone it's safe to come out, I guess, or something. Though everyone's like, whoa, if we're out here for too long, he's going to see us. And, which doesn't make any sense of why this lasts so long. But anyways, so in this posse, you have the Flash in an iron-ish suit, which makes sense because he got hit so many fucking times in this movie. So that makes sense for him to have some type of actual armor on so that's that's fine though i don't think it was the same actor from the from the original i don't know i I just couldn't tell it didn't look like him so that's one person the other person is amanda heard the fucking mira who we mentioned earlier she's there for some fucking reason and then deathstroke is there oh i didn't even pick up on deathstroke yeah yeah, that was that was fucking Deathstroke. So Deathstroke, who says he wants Batman, is now with Batman. So we've now negated the part where whenever they do these movies, that Deathstroke is going to be taking on Batman because now you know they're going to team up in the future. <laughs> yeah. It, that ruins that whole thing, for sure. And look, you can say this is a dream, but this is really weird that all these dreams are the same. And as I mentioned before, I foreshadowed that we would be talking about this. Because Batman does not have any powers, they have to give him some reason for sticking around. So you've got, he's the one that brings everyone together, but also he's the one that's, he's the one that's getting future visions. <laughs> You're right. So like I mentioned, it's those, it's those people right there. Now Amanda Heard starts talking about how, how uh, fucking Aquaman was killed, and they keep on talking about a he... And then Batman mentions, I think, that Wonder Woman is dead. And then we pan over because we hear a relatively familiar voice. And it's Jared Leto doing the Joker. Oh, (laughs) I really wished I made that up in my head. (laughs) But now... Until you said it, it had it like cemented in my mind that he had like a whole three-minute monologue on how batman needed him yes now i will say though i will say this is my favorite part of the movie oh i know i'm just it almost seems like there's some finality and conflict to it 
Yes. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, I was always one of those people that, first of all, I, I love Jared Leto as an actor. And I think that editing-wise, they did him a very bad, huge disservice in Suicide Squad. And I think that giving him, because the Joker has many different iterations, by giving him a chance to not just be a crazy Joker, but be a sadistic crazy joker like this version is going to be really good so this three minute monologue and nick's not wrong it is a very very long monologue it basically gets set up by by batman saying you know don't say anything more and then he goes off for three minutes you know about batman but (laughs) what he does mention though besides reach around which was I, I couldn't even, I know I was very, very surprised about that. But the thing he mentioned was he talked about Robin's death. And that's a very poignant comic book. Death in the family is a very big deal. So if they're going to but once again, I don't like that they're talking about things that may not actually happen. But you're also, I mean, think about it this way in the timeline of Batman. You are so far away from his and Robin's actual connection. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because everybody else, they're mentioning like, oh, yeah, Amber Heard's mentioning, you know, oh, you know, Aquaman, you know, they had a crush during the Aquaman movie. So like, yeah, there's a connection there. Everybody's talking about something they lost. And I just, I, I hope it happens. Well, I hope it happens too. But here's the thing. The last time we technically saw Robin and you had to put the pieces together was... Dark Knight Returns, I think it was Dark Knight Returns, which was an awful, god awful fucking movie. But Dark Jordan, Knight Rises at the end, yeah. Wait, which one? Wait, did I have Dark Knight up? Rises? I thought it was Dark Knight Returns, the third one. Rises. Oh, is it right? Okay, whatever the fuck, I don't give a shit. Yeah, the end of the third one. You're right. Yeah, we'll call it the third one. Yeah, J- uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt was was basically Batman. Uh, sorry, Robin. Sorry. So, but yeah. they have no connection of being like father-son dynamic, which is what Batman and Robin were. So you can't just start a movie. You can't have a Batman movie where all of a sudden that connection is there. You have to have the beginning part of that relationship and you have to actually care about the bond that they have. So it it won't mean anything if they just, the next Batman movie, all of a sudden you've got that connection. You have to build that connection. So... If they do that correctly, the Joker talking about that in that context is actually really cool. Yeah. Like, for Batman to have to put what the Joker did aside, and also Batman saying, I'm going to fucking kill you, and talking about uh, Harley Quinn dying in his arms, (laughs) and telling him to kill the Joker slowly, all this stuff sounds like great stuff. Yeah. Make those movies. Don't tell us about what happened. Make those <laughs> movies instead of this fucking garbage because there's no way that we can trust that those stories will be done correctly after seeing these fucking garbage movies. And it's the classic problem they've had in all these DC movies where like, man, I, uh, you're right. I don't trust that they're going to have the actual storyline behind it where you actually describe why Batman is the dynamic duo with Robin. Like you need that. You 100% need to create that emotional connection before, like, you rip it away from the audience. Because I think otherwise it's useless. We've been 
told that emotional things have happened in this series for too long. And like, yeah, you just never had the background to understand why the character felt a certain way. Right. And you can't just assume that everyone, like right now we've also seen really barely anything of the Joker. Yeah. So you need to establish that fucking relationship too. Like there's so many things that need to be established before you get to that. But I do like like it, having them have to team up to take out because what ends up happening is so not only do you get so this is what you get from that entire scene. This is what they talk about has happened in whatever dimension or alternate reality or whatever that this is, is you've got Deathstroke on the good side. You've got uh, probably Wonder Woman dead. You've got Aquaman dead. You might have a different Flash because they're in an alternate dimension. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Then you've got Robin dead. You've got Lois Lane dead. And you've got Harley Quinn dead. There's probably a whole lot more that has happened in between there. But what it seems to be is that the death of Lois Lane, where somehow Batman either let her die or something to do with Batman made it that Lois Lane is no longer with us, has now turned Superman evil and wanting revenge or just going to shape the world in his and Darkseid's image or whatever the fuck. I don't know how Darkseid might get control over him. I don't know what it is, but Lois Lane definitely dies in order to set Superman off. Yeah, and I, you're right. I so pray that they actually do a whole movie about that. Yeah, it's got to be that, something... That would be four hours worth of movie. Right. I would imagine that it does seem like, even though they kind of scaled it back a little bit, it does seem like there's some kind of connection between Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's something where... Batman has a choice of Wonder Woman or Lois Lane dying in some like similar to the fucking Dark Knight or something where he picks, you know, he he picks the person that actually means something, Wonder Woman, and Lois ends up dying and then Superman kills Wonder Woman. Something like that. I could see I could see something like that happening. But basically, they end that scene with Superman showing up and the Joker laughing and Superman's got the red eyes and blah blah and then Bruce Wayne wakes up and he's in some nice lake house and then Martian Manhunter flies in and basically tells Bruce like, hey, I know you don't have any powers, but like awesome job getting people together because the war is coming and Darkseid's not done with the Earth. So be prepared because, you know, some people call me the Martian Manhunter. Okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah, in case you guys want me around for, you know, a sequel, I'm here. <laughs> and I feel, I, I might be wrong, I feel like there's still something else. Was there one other thing that happened or was that the end? Man, my brain shut off at that point. So if there's anything else other than another cover of Hallelujah in the credits. Oh, I skipped through. I was looking for an end credit scene. <laughs> so I skipped the entire credits. If there is one, I completely missed it because as soon as the cover of Hallelujah came on, I'm like, oh, well, he's reliving his Watchmen days. Yeah. I'm just turning this off. So, by the way, let me mention something that we didn't mention before this whole time. We talked about not liking the music, but what about every time Wonder Woman did anything? Remember the weird 
Amazonian uh, like yell, the music that would come uh, on. Oh uh, yeah. Anytime. Oh no. Like it almost seemed racist that they would do it like that. <laughs> like honestly, it seemed really weird because no one else had music cues, only her. And it was every single time it'd be like a like really fucking weird. So and then on top of that, remember when fucking Steppenwolf would show up somewhere and then he would leave in the beam of light? It always made a sound like when Mario would jump into a pipe. Yeah, World 1-3 is coming up. Yeah, you're right. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, so man, I... And that power was never explained either. It's like half of the time, you know, he shows up places unexpectedly. The other half of the time, like, it's a a whole journey to, you know, accomplish a task. And he has to have all his henchmen with him. Yeah, yeah. It was very... Once again, it's all over the place because the editing, once again, DC movies don't know how to edit as well. They play around with things too much where the storyline doesn't flow. And that's the problem. Like so many times during I wanted to fall asleep because I'm like, I don't care. None of this is important. Why aren't they getting to where they need to go? I'm not even talking about fighting because I think the fights fucking suck. So I'm not even trying to get to that. I'm trying to understand why they're cutting to these different characters. They're not establishing people correctly. And then they're cutting to something completely different. And they're not interweaving the storyline to get a flow they're just mashing things together yeah it's like they had the the plot points up on the storyboard they connected the threads and they're like ah, it'll fill itself in it's like we just we need them to get to the the cubes they, they right. need to find out what the boxes do man i can't get over how bad this is man i i Four knew hours. i knew there was a reason why we didn't watch the original you know like i'd even said I am really done. The only reason why we watched Wonder Woman 1984 was because just like, you know, the reason why we watched this, it's on HBO Max. So it's free to us because we were already going to have HBO Max anyways. But I told myself after Batman v Superman that I would never purchase another DC movie. I couldn't do it. But I will tell you this, Nick, and I can't believe I would ever say this. I would have rather watched Batman v Superman then listen and watch this garbage. Oh, yeah, because you still have, like, what, an extra hour and a half at the end? You know, you could have been doing some chores. (laughs) That's true. And Batman v Superman, even though it doesn't get in the category of so bad it's good, it does have so many so bad that's hilarious that they would do this in a motion picture. Yeah. Where this one... I was only, like, there were a bunch of times that I jumped off the couch and said, why the fuck are they doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so right. But I wasn't laughing out loud. Tie together. Yeah, I wasn't No, I wasn't you're just laughing. mad. It's legitimate, like, I legitimately got, like, cringy anger chills yes. at three different points in this movie where I was just like, I was legitimately mad at the way the story was progressing. Right. Like, this is a movie for sure, and I'll get this fixed. I'll get whatever. There's something wrong with my eye mic which is why the audio transfer didn't have the right volume to the mixer, I will get a different one and and that'll be fixed. And we'll do a commentary track, not of this movie. Not not of this movie. I'm not watching this ever again. No, I will never watch this again. I mean, I, I would have to, there would have to be the most gorgeous woman ever would have to do the most dirtiest things ever to make me watch that. And at it couldn't be at the same time. Because I wouldn't be able to perform. 
I, it would well, have to that's be the benefit. It's uh, yeah, it would uh, elongate the performance. I don't know if we would get the performance even long enough to work. <laughs> just, you just have a sad face the whole time, just just sobbing in the corner. Yes, my my genitals That's not would too be very different sad. from most of my sex. <laughs> wah, wah. One of us is gonna cry, and that is. I would put my money on you most of the time. Yeah, exactly. It's almost ninety nine point nine percent. They do their crying after, after they realize what they've done. Oh, it's so sad. You're canceled, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I love the way you live. <laughs> so yeah, man. No, no. We we will never do this movie. But in the future, we'll do some other commentary track. Because I honestly do think that doing a commentary track would have been way better for this movie. Because we would have just been making jokes the whole time to keep each other interested in it. I 100% agree. I think I would have absorbed more of the story beats more. Yeah. If I had something to like, not only look forward to, but also to like perk me up. I could laugh here and there. Because my my problem was every time that the parts came up, I wanted to write down what the stupid title was. So I would pause it to write it down. And every time I did that, I saw how much movie was left. And that was like, that was like death. That's just depressing. I would never subject myself to that. I couldn't help it. I had to do it. <laughs> I care about this show for some reason. It was uh, uh, that would have made the movie so much worse for me. At least like the unknowing factor of you know maybe my brain thinks I'm an hour in, but maybe right. I'm actually four hours in was the only thing that kept me going. Now it's like if you're on a cardio piece of equipment like a treadmill or something. If you don't look at that time, you could already be at thirty minutes. You could be in an hour, or you could be at five minutes. So if you don't look at it, it doesn't exist. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem, and you know what? Bring up, uh, bring up Schrodinger. It is, it's almost very similar to this, where at the beginning, with you and I never watching Justice League, seeing that the Snyder Cut existed meant there was a possibility that it was a good movie. There was a possibility that, wow, they could completely change our minds on DC. Like I actually, I I had a time in my life where I went into this thinking, what if they change my mind? What if this is actually a good movie? Like how crazy awesome would that be if based on the editing and based on whatever, they made a good DC movie? What if they actually made yeah. Justice League good? But then just like Schrodinger's Cat, once you watch the movie, there is only one answer now. There's only yeah, one answer. That cat reality. is dead. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the movie <laughs> is dead. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought about it the other way. I'm like, I don't need to watch the first one because it's so bad that they made a remake. Right. <laughs> like, as soon as I was already subjecting myself to the reality where they're like, oh, no, we can save this by making it an hour and a half longer. I'm like, wow, it's so bad in base material. Like, there's no way you can recut it so that an hour and a half just flows better. <laughs> right. And that's that's the other thing, too. I've made this reference before. But the first Justice League must have put the bar not low to the ground, but underneath the earth. Yeah. And anyone could basically just, like, this movie crawled over it. Like, that's that's what it did. It crawled over that 
that fucking bar that is <laughs> underneath like subterranean just down there because i've had people tell me the first one's horrible if you you know like if you watch this snyder's cut definitely don't watch the other one because that one's worse and i have to question how can that possibly be how can a shorter movie with the same premise be worse than this longer piece of garbage <laughs> yeah I think, uh, honestly, I'm almost on the other side of that, where okay. the original movie's two hours. So even if it's literally just a video of someone kicking a baby in the ribs, <laughs> by pure concentration, <laughs> the density of badness per unit time, could it really be that much worse to your senses than right. a four-hour version of this? Exactly, yes. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's two hours, but, like, at least, like, you know, I have time to, like, check the mail, do the dishes, vacuum a little bit afterwards. Oh, see, I didn't, yeah, that's right. That's your displaced time is what you're able to do something with. Yes, that's that's true. Well, that's why I was like, man, if we had done the commentary track for this, then we wouldn't be doing this part of the podcast. Because now we've added two plus hours yeah. onto the amount of time that we actually spent watching <laughs> And oh, look, it's just so brutal. What's crazy is when I did Batman v Superman, that podcast is like three and a half hours long. It's almost the exact length of the movie, but we did it after the movie. Now, though, I mean, I'm not going four hours with this and we're pretty much almost done. Like there's there should have been more to talk about in this movie. I mean, there's terrible CGI in pretty much everything. The color grading is all wrong. The acting is terrible. The writing is terrible. The editing is terrible. The storytelling in general is terrible. All that stuff is bad, but there's not even enough for us to latch onto to do an even crazier, longer show than than Batman v Superman. Like, that's yeah. that's how bad this movie is. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's so wonderfully forgettable that, yeah, it kind of makes our jobs easier. True. And this was a job, by the way. This was very yeah. – I had to I had to really – like Nick and I have been talking about this for a little while about whether we were going to do a show, how we were going to do it, and whatnot. As soon as we saw that the Snyder Cut was actually coming out, we kind of made the decision that we were going to do this. But I was very worried because it actually hurts me to take my time to watch that movie. But we did it because we wanted to be entertaining and we wanted to, you know, I don't normally tell people don't watch this, don't listen to that, whatever. But this is a movie for sure that if you're listening to this podcast and you did not watch the movie, there is no redeeming quality in going back to watch it and going, oh, let me see what Ian and Nick were saying to see if it was true. It's true. Do not watch the movie. Save yourself four hours. Yeah. If you have HBO Max, it's even free. But literally, there's so much better stuff you right. could be doing with your day. There really is. I mean, go watch other movies. I'm not saying don't go watch like Batman v Superman or Wonder Woman 84 or anything like that. There are just so many other things on HBO Max you could watch. Like, just so we're not even shills for them. Just go watch something else. It doesn't matter. This was a god. Oh, it was such a fucking waste of time. <laughs> it's literally like this plus the podcast, the podcast plus the movie. This is a work day. Yeah, and we're not getting paid whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, least, like, I'm going to get hate mail. 
Yeah, exactly. Somebody's going to burn your house down for this. Oh, I mean, I've talked about it before. I got death threats. I got death threats after the Batman v Superman podcast. I, I would not be surprised if I get them now. Anytime I talk about DC, people get crazy. And look, it's it's understandable because the people that are fans of this kind of stuff are so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my name's James. I don't know this man. <laughs> uh, well, James, uh, James, I I equate it to, did you ever read the book Flowers for Algernon? Oh, yeah. So right now, you and I are just so much more intelligent than any DC fan. Like any DC fan, they have nothing. And we are geniuses, right? If you, though, could, knowing how difficult our lives are, because we have to watch shit like this and it hurts us to watch it, if you had the choice, wouldn't you want to be down in that level with a bunch of fucking morons? Because <laughs> then... my fucking brain off, yeah. Yeah, then we, then we could have enjoyed the movie and we could have been like, oh my God, did you see when, when Batman and Superman were like there together and he's shooting his, uh, his eye cannons and like fucking Lois Lane is the best, man. And then, oh my <laughs> God, look at, do you see the feminist thing that they did with Wonder Woman? That was so cool. Like, wouldn't man, you rather- that was empowering. Yeah. Like we'd have great girlfriends right now and like our lives would be so <laughs> much easier. And I mean, just think it was just if we could lower ourselves to the dummies that like these movies. <laughs> How amazing would that and be? And that's, oh, let's not underplay it. Like, literally, like, one of my favorite movies, top 10, Roadhouse. I love Spider-Man <laughs> 2. It's my favorite superhero movie of oh all time. Oh, my God, shut up. I can, I can physically, you, you know, like, suspend all of my higher logical functions for a little bit. Right, right. But this movie just tears that away from you. There's no way for you to just have fun and enjoy exactly. this. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you, like I went into it, I'm like, no biases, I'm going to have fun. And then within like the first 30 minutes, you're like, but wait, why? Why are they doing this? Yeah. Like, there's no course of action that you're not questioning. Yes. Every character's quote unquote development, their decision making capabilities, every single thing they're doing, you're like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Wait, no, no. Why are they doing that? No, no, don't do that. This is, yeah, it's the whole entire time. And you should not, as an audience, be questioning that. The writers should have been questioning that when they were writing it and go, wait a second. And maybe they did. Maybe it's a complete fucking dictatorship. I, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. Warner Brothers was certainly right about getting a different version of this movie because neither of the versions are good. So they should have redone everything and done it properly. And it's not, I swear to you, it is not hard to write a good movie like this. And they, they, they had material there. That's what keeps, you know, getting me a little upset in all the, the movies we've done together. It's, there's something they had started, you know, developing. You know, there's not a foundation, but there's like stakes in the ground. Sure. Where if you just get a little bit more creative with how you go from point A to point B, you could make like a B movie. Like it's it's not going to be anything fantastic, but if you're just trying to build a world for the next one, which seems like that's what they're doing with Justice League movie number one, <sighs> like you could have done it. Right, right. But you don't even 
he didn't build anything with Wonder Woman 84. It seemed like that goes off the rails to whatever the fuck they want to do with that. I, I honestly don't know what happened with Aquaman. I think he just, I'm assuming he takes his position as like king of the fucking water or something. I, I mean, that would be my guess. But then yeah. you have uh, a good, what I think. So by the way, I, I heard a lot of people saying like Cyborg was great in this movie. I thought it, he was awful. I, I saw nothing good in his performance or in the CGI or anything. The the cyborg I like, besides the one in Teen Titans, is cyborg in Doom Patrol. Yeah. That cyborg is really good. If you had had that cyborg character and if they had been in the same universe, then that would have made a whole lot more sense. But then I have no idea what they're doing with the Flash. Could you imagine a Flash movie? Oh, oh. At this rate, no. I can't, I mean, I can't do an Aquaman movie either. I didn't watch fucking Aquaman because why would I? But yeah, you saved yourself some time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's, what's the fucking point? But that's what I mean. You can't make where we can go and we can watch a, we can watch a whole, um, what do you call it? A whole uh, Black Widow movie. We could watch a whole, I could watch a movie about Hawkeye. I, I could do well, that. I, that's farther than I'll take it. I'm oh. not, I don't know if I'm watching the Black Widow movie. I don't know if I'd watch a Hawkeye oh, movie. How dare you? You're anti-woman. How dare you? <laughs> oh, God damn it. Here we go. Now you've got us both killed. <laughs> All right, James. Settle down. <laughs> oh, thank you for protecting my anonymity. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, you got to tell me this. Tell me this. Once again, another difference between DC and Marvel. Are you telling me that Black Widow and Hawkeye are not more useful than Batman is. Oh my God, a million times more useful. Exactly. And they shouldn't be. Oh my God. They shouldn't. Compared to Batman, Batman should be on another level compared to those two. But yet, Marvel is able to use them in a such a better way, in a more compelling way, than they have ever used Batman in this recent universe. Oh my god, yeah. The the character development they have, I'd say, is equal in the Avengers series alone from, you know, Ben Affleck Batman to Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the, like, the same screen time, you know, you're introduced to Clint's family and everything. You understand his motivations in life and his, like, almost secret second life with his real family and what matters to him. Yep. And then, like, when he delivers that cutting line at Endgame, he's like, <laughs> don't do that. Don't give me hope. Like, yes. that means something. As much as I personally don't relate to the character, like, I understand immediately his interaction with the world and what his real prerogatives are. Wait, 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 James. You don't, you don't relate to Arrow Guy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to Bow and Arrow Guy? <laughs> it's, it's been tough, yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I see it a little bit more with Black Widow. I mean, it's, I guess a little bit more cookie cutter because, you know, I was always like the big Iron Man, Tony Stark guy. So like mm-hmm. her role in those films wasn't, I, I think that wasn't planned out well for sure. what she ended up being in the Avengers movies. But yeah, overall, the character development was competent. Well, yeah, if you think about the character development between Winter Soldier, which is probably top three best superhero movies of all time. You look at Winter Soldier, what her character was in that as it progressed through things like there's so much character development. So I'm just saying, like, there is a way to utilize characters correctly, even if they aren't the biggest characters, even if they don't have the most power 
All that kind of stuff can be done correctly if you write them correctly. And the real thing is, with all the tropes they've stolen directly in this movie, steal them again. You know, just honestly, just copy and paste whatever you've previously done in the Marvel franchises as character development for Batman. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, at not? least it would be more confident. Right. No, I, I completely agree. So now I'm trying to think, did we did we miss anything? Was there any topic that we didn't cover? I hope to God not. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure we're missing stuff, but at the same point, like, just I'm running out of brain cells, bud. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I feel like that scene in Billy Madison where the principal tells everyone we're all dumber for having gone <laughs> through this. Because they listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's honestly the case is, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, I will never understand any DC fan who said this was good. I I I can't go down to your level. I I just can't. And I know it sounds mean, but I'm just so sick of it now. I I I can't I can't take the lying. Like if you're talking about this as good, you're either dumb or you're a liar. You're getting you're getting paid <laughs> off whatever it is. There there's something wrong with you that you think that this is how films should be made. And it's... It's sorry. And it's I'd say it's a saturated marketplace. And if in that saturated marketplace, this is what you pick out as your example of the best, I think that's what I have like particular distaste in. Yes. Because I wouldn't even call it a competent movie. I, I, right, I don't... Right, I didn't find it particularly, you know, cohesive plot-wise, which is fine. I like brainless movies too, sure. but it really tried to be a movie. And especially when you, you know, advertise it as the Snyder Cut, we fixed everything. <laughs> and then to still not get a plot right, right or, you know, character motivations right, it just, it loses me completely. Like, yes. you set your bar higher for yourself and you shot your other foot off. Yeah, this has just nothing. brutal. This has nothing to do with liking the characters, being more of a Marvel fan, you know, whatever. Look, I don't even, I barely even you know, like buy Marvel comics anymore. I buy Doom Patrol. I buy Death Class or Deadly Class, sorry. Deadly Class, Doom Patrol. I have some Umbrella Academy. Uh, You know, these are the kind of comics that I read now. So it's not having a bias against DC. It's a bias against bad movies. Like I said, I, I named them all. It's bad directing. It's bad storytelling, it's bad editing, it's bad CGI, it's bad flow through the movie, which is partially editing and everything. But it's everything. I mean, the color, the color grade, uh, the the four by three screen, I all of that stuff plays into a movie. It's it's not that yeah. hard to understand. You made a bad movie. That's what it yeah. is. It has nothing to do with the superhero characters. It has nothing to do if I like Captain America more than Superman or I like Spider-Man more than Batman. Whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter. It's a bad movie. I mean, what what else are you talking about when you're talking about this runtime? I mean, it's it's Lawrence of Arabia territory. That's like what three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah you probably. covered the entire African conflict of World War Two. <laughs> And the time it took somebody to, you know, punch a big guy in the throat. <laughs> what are we talking, Ben-Hur? I didn't like Ben-Hur, so to speak, but, uh, you know, at least, like, that's, like, almost four hours. They had an intermission in the middle. 
all these movies, they're like, oh, yeah, like the audience is probably pretty fucking dead with all of the information we gave them. Let's let's give them a minute. Yeah, well, think about Quentin Tarantino movies. They're playing like the crazy eight, crazy, crazy eights or whatever the uh, hateful eight, hateful eight. I think about something like that. Like that was three hours something, I think. And there was like an intermission in the middle. Like, Like I said, I don't mind a long movie if it's a good movie, if it's compelling and you want to know what's going to happen to these characters and there's an investment, there's an interest, there's compassion, there's passion for the project, whatever it happens to be. But there is none of that in here. There's, There's none. And that's what makes it worse is that they added two hours and what did we get out of it? Right. It's now a four hour movie that you're judging it against, you know, uh, you can fit two movies into that time frame and you couldn't even put one movie together. Right. And here's the crazy part too. Look, I know, I know Joss Whedon is canceled now and blah, 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 but go back three years to when this movie was originally released and there were still people that saw that cut and thought it was a good movie. There were still there were still yeah. plenty of people, still plenty of people that gave it plenty of money and then still defended it because they're fucking morons. And they're lying, like I said, or they're just too dumb to know what a good movie is. And that's the unfortunate part. And that's where I know it sounds like I'm being mean, but I'm kind of, I am, I'm angry and frustrated right now that we took our time to do this like that's like it's almost like I feel I feel tricked because I was an idiot. Like I I was dumb for saying, "Hey Nick, maybe we should watch this movie and have some fun with it." But even though we were laughing a lot, we still had to put ourselves through a lot to watch this fucking movie. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't imagine seeing this in theaters, honestly. Like there's no the I only way out. this works for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, 4 hours, yeah. Doesn't imagine work. this too, Nick. Let's say let's say we went to like you know, there was no COVID. Or one uh, and whatnot, and it's a Friday night and stuff. Just imagine every stupid thing that happened. People clapping like a fucking like a bunch of seals. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, because I even got mad. I even got mad at that when I went to see Endgame and Infinity War. Like I, I don't want the audience to be clapping when they see somebody. Like just imagine them clapping for these dummies. Like oh, it's a flash. <laughs> like who gives a fuck? <laughs> Uh, clapping at the Jared Leto Joker scene at the end. Oh my god! You would have had to. I mean, they'd be they'd be clapping for three minutes. You wouldn't hear what he said. <laughs> yeah, at least at least then they would have drowned the movie out. You are right. <laughs> That's one good thing. Uh, Imagine this is your first date movie. You're like, oh, it's a superhero movie, and you accidentally show up to a four hour long drudge fest, just like. <laughs> oh my! I can't even. Oh, that that scared me. That absolutely scared me. I did see, I don't know if I've ever told this story on air before, but I was dating a girl when the uh, Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn, whatever the fuck movie came out. And I did not want to see that movie whatsoever. And we were making plans for a date. And she was like, hey, I really want to see that that's uh, Harley Quinn movie. And I was like, okay, let's go see it. And we watched it. And as we were walking out of the theater, she turned to me and she said, I am really sorry. <laughs> and that's without me. I was not groaning or making sighs or doing anything during the movie. I was a perfect gentleman because I was on a date. But it wasn't even my prodding. 
I didn't say a word as we walked out. She's the one who turned to me and said, I'm sorry, because she knew how bad of a movie it was. And honestly, I uh, I bumped into Ian right before that, and I'd never seen anyone chug three gallons of Robitussin so quick. He just <laughs> he had an objective. He knew where he had to be, and he got there. Oh, that was that was a tough day. All right, man. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we call this? Uh, okay, uh, honestly, the four by three aspect ratio because it's the first thing every critic's been talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it for some scenes. I think like for like some of the expositional stuff, I think it did add stuff to like see Batman and the the entire the breath of his domain and sure. for some of the Wonder Woman scenes, it made sense. But for the action scenes. We talked about the nausea factor from the, the awful CGI in Wonder Woman 84. This yep. multiplied a tenfold. <laughs> like you're seeing things that they didn't even render fully because they're like, oh, that'll just that'll end up on the chopping block. Like, well, we'll be fine. Oh, yeah. if you paid attention to the edges of the master I cut did. and the, and the corners. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Stuff was starting to disappear halfway yes. through a scene. And you yes. just you're like, oh, man. Yeah. And look. I'll give it I'll give it a little bit of slack obviously because this was a you know a second cut or whatever you want to call it. so I'll I'll give it a little bit of but also there was plenty of time to make this so I can't do too much I can't give them too much credit because they had so much time like if you had years to edit something you should probably be able to make it a competent movie it's not like you're recutting practical effects. It's all CGI to begin with in the master. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, man, I just honestly, the only thing that I liked was the Joker part. And that was just because it was done by a competent actor who had something to work with. But other than that, I, I can't I just hate this movie so much. Yeah. I like some of the stuff between Cyborg and his dad. I thought. It's not a new relationship, and they sh- could have done better with it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were nice bones there, but I, I think it was half competent. I don't think it was well done, but I enjoyed a scene or two of their interaction where, like, you saw him grow as a character, cyborg. And I like it's better. It's yeah. much better in Doom Patrol. So oh, that's yeah, why that's, that's why it's hard yeah. for me. It's it's done so much better in Doom Patrol. I know they have more time to do it, but you also had four fucking hours to do it in this one. <laughs> well that would be the real thing we talked about oh we uh, don't watch this movie do whatever else with your time watch doom patrol <laughs> yeah watch doom patrol i think that's also on max right uh yeah it is now yeah i mean look if yeah. you're a dc fan and you suck the dick of everything dc then watch doom patrol i mean i hope it's it's one of the only dc things that doesn't suck so i hope you're not just the opposite person that you love all the shit and then when they actually put out something good see that's the thing i can admit when DC does something good, like technically Umbrella Academy is technically DC. You know, it's Dark Horse, I think, or if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. they're owned by DC. So there, there are, and I, I'm sorry, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that that's correct. It's either Image or DC or whatever. But either way, I have no problem admitting when something is good, but I haven't seen anything from dc besides doom patrol and i'll I'll give a pass to shazam because that's a kid's movie but other than that (laughs) yeah uh what else is there i i i'm missing something it's just uh, takes the takes the breath out of you man it just 
Uh, deep sigh at the end of all of it. I think I started the show with a deep sigh. <laughs> I got no air left in my lungs the amount of sighing I've done over the last, you know, podcast. It's, oh, just, oh. it's so tough. All right. Well, Nick, man, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for putting your body, your mind, your spirit through having to watch <laughs> that fucking movie and, you know, obviously talk about it here on the podcast. I do appreciate oh. it. Like I said, I think, unfortunately, you're pigeonholed into being the DC guy. So we're going to have to <laughs> try and get you a different movie <laughs> that we can do that isn't DC related. That would probably be a good idea. <laughs> that would probably be a good idea. But Yeah, uh, man. We just have bad odds. Bad luck. <laughs> it's true. But here, stay on the line. Stay on the line. But is there anything, you know, when we say our goodbyes, stay on the line after that. But is there anything you wanted to plug? Anything that you wanted to say for final words or anything? Uh, no, I got nothing, man. I'm just saying everybody stay safe out there. It's a crazy world. And uh, don't, for the love of God, see this movie. There you go. And I will say also, everything we say on this show is comedy related. So don't, so just calm the fuck down and stop being <laughs> douches. All right. We don't take ourselves seriously. Please don't take yeah, us seriously. There's really no reason. It's a fucking free podcast that I've been doing for almost 10 years. Like, just calm down. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> We're just talking and venting and having fun. So do the same thing. You know, enjoy yourself. If you love DC movies, then good for you. That's fucking great. We probably won't be friends, but what the fuck do you care? So it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. But other than that, everyone, I do like that. Stay safe, you know, stay healthy as best you can out there and enjoy these moments. Don't watch DC movies. Go enjoy your life. Go do something else. <laughs> and I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.